Hi everyone, Jim here. Just a quick message ahead of the episode 60. Turns out there were a few technical issues with Chris's audio that we weren't aware of at the time. So we've cleaned it up as best we could. He has promised us that in uh, future episodes, he will record using the microphone in the room that he's actually in. Okay, cheers and enjoy the episode. Welcome to which Plath- episode, by the way? Did you check? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. 60. What is it? It's episode sixty. Oh, we were, we, yeah. Carry on. Well, so I should say, yeah. You you listened to the playthrough podcast <laughs> episode, episode sixteen, Chris. <laughs> it's episode sixty. We're old enough to get a bus pass. I had this intro all lined up and you just completely ruined it. <laughs> but we can start again if you want. Yeah, no, just it. that's it's it. Fine. No, no, we'll just, we'll just <laughs> go with it. Yeah, jumping on the on the bus for our final visit to Camarocco. We've got Mads Christensen. Hello. Chris Worthington. I actually feel a little bit guilty now. <laughs> and Andy falling, falling so flat. <laughs> What, what's all that about a bus? We're old enough to get a bus pass now. It's like episode 60, isn't it? So I thought, we're old enough to get a bus, that jump on the bus to Camarocco, but it's ruined. It's ruined it all. I love it's that. Good. It's really good. <sighs> well, it's, it's your turn next, Chris, so... <laughs> I don't have to... That took me weeks to come up with that. <laughs> You completely forgot to introduce Andy. He's here as well. Hi, Andy. I don't think I'm getting an intro after that. I'm in trouble. <laughs> no. Andy, Andy getting a permanent outro. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I should say my name's Jim Middleton as well, as I suppose. But yeah, it's all completely out of sync. Mm. <laughs> uh, how are we doing, chaps? Mads, did you see any of the Xbox Direct? No, none at all. But I did see that people on Discord uh, posted that Sea of Thieves are getting yes. Monkey Island. Yeah, that's story. what I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, 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 it looks really interesting. But uh, I'm not really into online multiplayer stuff, so probably I'm going to yeah. miss this. But uh, yeah, let's see. What about you, Chris? Are you going to give it a go? Yeah, I watched it. It looks really good. Like We were just talking just before you joined the call, Jim. It was um, all officially licensed with Dominic Amato. Yeah. Uh, reprising his role as good old Guybrush. And I forget the name of the lady who plays the voodoo lady now. But yeah, she, she sounds like she's there as well. She's been there right from the very start as well. So that uh, looks, looks great. But like as Matt has just said, I'm the same. I, I, I have this real kind of fear, this trepidation about things like Sea of Thieves and Final Fantasy XIV. There's a part of me that would love to play these games. Mm. 
it's another part of me that just doesn't really know, you know what I'm like, you know, I like to I like to make sure, kind of like to go in at the beginning, but where do you start with these games now, you know, two, three years later, I don't know. Yeah, I, d- I think Sea of Thieves is probably a little bit better with the onboarding than... Um, you just jump in, do you? you ju- I think you just jump in, yeah, whereas something like Destiny is just, if you try to jump into that, I think it's better than it was. But yeah, as like a new player, is like so many. There's so much to to sort of get your head around. Even like yeah. I used to, I played Destiny a lot back in back, like back in the day, sort of thing, and Destiny Two mm. as well. But even now, I haven't played it for a long time. So even like for me to go back into it, I'd probably still have to spend a few nights trying to yeah. get get up to date with everything. I'd really love it, like if the four of us just committed to it, you know, and said right. We're going to do every Monday or every Sunday or whatever. You know, we're going to have one night a week dedicated, you know, half seven till half ten or whatever. You know, we just um, we just commit to it. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. commit to these episodes. And well, let's do it. It feels let's, like that's the only way I've with, been um, doing it. Well, if there's, because there's, con- there's content that both you and Mads are, you know, you, and we, I me and Andy enjoyed the, the Monkey Island game that we did play. But is it's a bit like that content is probably enough to to. Get yeah. to draw you in as well. Do you know what I mean? Impetus. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, it I'd did look really, really, really good, and and they had lots and lots of nods to the uh, well, the very first Macaulay game. Even the the Fujishini yeah. brothers were there. Do you notice that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> lots yeah. and lots of nods to to the original. Uh, well, the very first Macaulay games, the Secret of Monkey yeah. Island. So yeah, I think the, I think the scenario. It sounds like Guybrush has been captured. And yes, yep. You know the, the nameless He's the governor. You... So where's Elaine? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, weird. Yeah, but cool. Really cool. Really, really cool that they've. Yeah, it seems like you know the Monkey Island license is being banded round to mm. any Tom Dick and Harry now. So uh, let's yeah. hope for lots more Monkey Island content in future. It sounds are good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Outside of that, mate, what else? What else you been up to since uh, since we last recorded? Me? Yeah. So I've um, finished Assassin's Creed Three. Yes, you've rattled through that quick, haven't you? Well, I put about forty hours into it. Did you? Know? Was that it's a brilliant. full playthrough? Was that hundred percent? Yeah, eighty-six percent completion. Very good. Yeah, nice. I like. I, I've done this now with the past couple of Assassin's Creed games. I get to a point where I get about ten hours in, and I'm like, it's I, I kind of I ride this kind of funny wave. I get about ten hours in, and I'm like, oh my god. I'm absolutely loving it. I'm going to platinum this. This is going to be the first game I ever platinum. <laughs> and it just slowly tails off where, like, I still I still really, really enjoy it. And, like, I spoke last time about why. Um, but you get this, like, little tail off as it goes on. And I'm like, do I really want to go back and try and 100% all of those missions? Mm, probably not. Like, yeah. do I want to find those last few collectibles? Probably not. So that's where I just tell. I mean, eighty-six percent though is is fairly high. Most of the collectibles, all of the side missions, um, I missed out on quite a few. As the game goes on, like some of the, I don't know whether you how familiar you guys are the way Assassin's Creed missions work. Not you at get all. like you play through the story, which is yeah. I, I've seen reviews and heard people say that the story, main story's weak. I mean, it's basically just the story of the American Revolution, right? And if you're into any kind of history, if you're into American history, if you're into military history, it's really interesting. Like the, the 
the American story is is practically yesterday in the grand scheme of things, what happened and how the United States was formed. So it feels like recent history. So to almost be like a passenger in a car that is driving at breakneck speed through the story of the American Revolution is, I think, is I think it's really cool. And okay, the main character is, you know, he's got as much personality as a double dipped soggy tea bag. But, he, <laughs> but yeah, it was just before we jumped on, I had a little, I had kind of fired it back up, and I just beat George Washington in the game of in the game of bowls. You know? <laughs> I, and there's not many well, games which let you play, no. play George Washington at bowls. No, I was just going to say that. <laughs> he's rubbish. I beat him for now. Um, I, I really enjoy, I re- really, really do enjoy these games. And I, so, yeah, so I was going to say about these optional sequences. So the way the main, so the way the story missions work is that you have an objective and it might be like go and kill some bloke. Um, and, but then you get these optional objectives and it might be like, kill five guards by using the hidden blade or it might be get to the target in less than 45 seconds and this is where a lot of the frustration comes i think for people who want to 100 percent these games because some of those optional objectives are really difficult to achieve now when i was kind of thinking right i'm going for the platinum if i'd fail one of those optional objectives i would just re- instantly reload the mission and play it again and I could feel the frustration rising because some of the mechanics are not great. Mm. And the game gives you so much to do. But actually, when it comes to these objectives, it's really narrow. So there's a lot of like instant fail states if you're going for the optional objectives. Like, you know, you might just kind of do one thing and it's like instantly that objective's failed. So to get 100%, you've got to do each of the missions, you've got to do all of the optional objectives. And I thought to myself, well, I've played 35, 40 hours in this game and I really, really enjoyed it. I could probably go and put another 10, 12 hours in to get those 100% objectives and probably end up not liking it. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to leave it there. I've I've managed to download. So I didn't think I'd be able to do this. So I've managed to download the DLC for the PS3. So I completely misunderstood the way these storefront closures work. So and it was really easy. I just added funds on the PSN website, mm-hmm. added funds to my wallet, and just went on and downloaded it. Yeah. So I've downloaded the the DLC tells like an alternate history story of what happened if George Washington was a tyrant, basically. So some people may say he was, but I, you know, but this this tells like if, if what happened if he became this despot, what would have happened to early America? Uh, apparently, it's all right. So I'm going to give it a break. I'm going to play the first part of Forbidden West. Uh, and then in that little break that inevitably we get between reaching the staging point and recording yeah. and starting again, I'm going to jump back in and play the uh, the DLC. But it's literally all I've played for the past probably three and a half weeks, other than dipping into Radiant Silver Gun, which I'm playing for Kayla Rince. Yeah, uh, I and a little bit of Rince. When you mentioned you was playing it, it's tough as old boots, isn't it? It's so difficult. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to go into it now, but I, I'm not a big fan. No. I'm not. I'm not a big fan, and I'll I'll give that as a little plug for it's, the case. Yeah, I mean, I I don't mind a difficult shoot 'em up, shmup, or whatever you want to label them as. Uh, like like I love playing like Raiden, Raiden. Um, yeah, and and that's that's tough as tough as nails. But if yeah, I don't know. Something just seemed to maybe it was just like not understanding 
some of the mechanics it, of it, it, it I, I don't know but it just seemed to it's like off a little systems bit. on systems on yeah. systems in that game it's so complicated that like you know if i want to complicate a game i'll go and play power monger on the amiga or something or balance of power if i want to just shoot stuff <laughs> i'll play a shoot 'em up so when i play a shoot 'em up i don't expect an rpg mm. yeah you know, there you go so yeah, that's it. People don't listen to Gamer in episode next. That's what I'm going to say. But of course, I'm only one of four, so listen to it anyway. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Really, I've been. I'm really pleased I got it finished today because I really wanted to get it done this weekend so that it frees me up for Forbidden West. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sink, good to go. Sink your teeth into that. Yes. Nice. Mads, what you been up to, mate? You're a brave man, mate. Man. <laughs> I, was deb- I was debating whether to just miss you <laughs> go, go to Andy and then we'll go into the game so I've only been playing one thing for the past 11 days 10, 11 days mm. and that's all of my life has been devoted to the church of uh, Sonic of course because, uh, I, I had a good friend um, who, who actually is a Sonic fan tell me which games were the very best? His his assignment was pick the very best Sonic game. That's what I told him. <laughs> so uh, he came back with three and said they were all equally good. And uh, I started playing one of those because it won a vote somewhere. <laughs> and uh, oh my god. Um, yes, there, there will be words. I, I do have words for you, Jim. It'll be on the yeah. RA episode. <laughs> Suffice it to say, I think Sonic CD is atrocious. The level design is boring borderline <laughs> i mean i mean I, I can't even go there right now it's they're, they're so samey i can't tell one level apart from the other apart from the pinball levels who are just atrocious but but they look like the other levels anyway the level design is something i never want to see again and, and there are two good boss fights so that's what i have to say about that game but the, and, yeah, enjoyed it then. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. I finished it. I, I played all the way through it. And uh, yes, if that is an example of a good Sonic game, then I, I guess I've always been right with my assumption about Sonic games. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Jim, don't don't despair. Don't despair. Uh, you, you actually uh, you you said you we you were actually afraid to say it on the Discord forum that maybe we should play have played Sonic Two instead. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. that was actually the better game, and uh, yeah. to that I only have to say, you had one job. Yeah, <laughs> one. <laughs> or Pick even, I mean, one. or even Sonic Three without the knuckles, because I think putting knuckles I mean, on just seemed to turn a lot of people away from picking it. It's probably hard for you guys to even imagine how hard it is for me not to swear like a sailor right now. But uh, <laughs> I'm playing Sonic Two, <laughs> and I have to say I'm loving it. I'll never admit it on on the Retro Asylum, but Sonic Two is a brilliant game. I'm loving it. I love the level design. I love the sound. I mean, the the soundtrack on this version is actually really really good. Whereas on the Sonic CD, ugh, it's just meh, metal-ish rock thing. But yeah. uh, the, the 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 good old chip tunes on Sonic Two, and it looks great, and the the levels are varied, and the boss fights are fun. I'm always almost through it. I think I'm I'm standing on top of some some uh, airplane that Tails is flying right now, and uh, jumping oh yeah around. yeah yeah. So yeah, 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 you're going up to the Sky Fortress, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good fun. So why my good friend who says he knows something about <laughs> Sonic games didn't tell me to play this game is 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 a mystery to me. <laughs> But uh, yes, yes, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. But that's all I've been doing: <laughs> playing Sonic, lots and lots of Sonic, and using save states—one for every level—because I, I don't have uh, endless amounts of time. But 
yeah, actually having fun with Sonic 2, but Sonic CD, mate. Sonic CD. <laughs> I don't I didn't think it's that bad. <laughs> no, but let's uh, let's the, get yeah, into well, why I, I yeah. it's, it's only one opinion, Jim. It. Remember that. There'll be there'll be there'll be lots of positive comments on Discord, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, you say that. <laughs> I, I feel that Andy's been reading Discord. <laughs> Mads, I, I did. Just like with the, so just like with the hospital, Mads rouses the rabble. Yes, the yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, they really didn't. Yeah. I really didn't mean to this time around, but yes, it seems as if uh, most people actually agree with me. There are yeah. a few who said it was a good game. So, yeah. was it the, the, pie, it the Pied Piper of the rabble? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I felt I felt Sorry so bad that. for Jim that I had I had to stop reading them. I felt so bad for Jim. <laughs> I, I felt like it's I was so faithful. So it, it's actually because I felt bad for Jim that I started playing Sonic Two, and that was quite an eye opener. That, that's actually a good game. So yeah, there are good Sonic games out there. That's a spoiler for the next. Up- coming retro silent episode yeah sonic 3 is a Just banger sonic. i love sonic 3 yeah michael yeah. jackson composed the music for sonic 3 didn't he always some of it yeah yeah some of it yeah okay yeah anonymously so sonic cd then is the audio red book so yeah, i think it is it sounds yeah. it's uh, actual cd quality audio but it's it's i mean compared to the okay. iconic chip tunes yeah. it's mm. damn boring if you ask me yeah, I love those Sonic. I've never played the Sonic game, Eugene. You know this, mm. um, much to my chagrin. I've never played the um, never played the Sonic games like more than ten minutes. But oh, man, I love those soundtracks. Yeah, yeah. I played Sonic Two so many times and always died at the fourth level. I think uh, so. The second one in the what's what's the second song called, Jim? Mechanical? No, no. It's um, which one is it? The, not the under. Is it the underwater level? No, no, no. Mystic no, no. Ruins? No, no. It's just before it's the Mystic Ruins, I think. So, so, so in Sonic 2, you start out in the in the green world for two levels, yeah, yeah. and then you, go, then you go into this mechanical, mechanical world. Chemical plant. Then chemical you go to plant, the pinball. Exactly. The then you go plant. to the pinball. Yeah, Casino the second level, level of the chemical plant. I've always died there. And I, oh, I okay, to, sorry. I struggled with that this time as well, but this time I persevered because I knew now I actually wanted to spend some time with it. And man, am I glad I did that because it's it's really good. Yeah, there's there's a there's, and, and a, there's a couple really at the end. I appreciate level four now, which I've always hated because I've always died there and never never progressed. I really yeah. like the the level design there now. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, there's a couple I, of platforms, just, isn't there, that that take you across? And if you, I, if I'd you always try drown, and run, a, then yeah, you drown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, yeah. more Sonic talk soon on Retro Asylum and. Uh, yeah, Jim, Jim, we're going to be going through Sega, uh, Sonic CD first, I guess, and m- maybe we should cover some Sonic too because I'm just so it's not all really bad. That. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, that day isn't. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go up to Andy's for a shower that day. <laughs> you might be I'm waiting a while. Yeah, join the queue. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Cheers, man. Uh, Andy, then any any Sonic games? <laughs> No, sadly not. But I, 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 again, I feel guilty about this, Jim, because I would be absolutely adding my a voice of support um, to your uh, to your cause of. I, I love Sonic. I've got I've got a lot of nostalgia for it, and maybe that's where some of it comes from. But I've I played a lot of them, and it, it was, I mean, one of the most enjoyable games of that type that I've played in recent years was Sonic Mania when it came out on the. Mm. I picked that up on the Switch, and that was that was absolutely brilliant. I loved that, but then. I just like Sonic games full stop. And I know I can maybe, I can see where some of the criticisms 
come from but i think what some people dislike about it in terms of level designs and structure the way it plays i I quite enjoy that to be honest it doesn't particularly i don't have an issue with that side of the game um yeah but again maybe it's just because i've got that kind of previous history there with them but Mm -hmm. any of that i've never played any of the 3d sonic games at all i don't think um, it's always just been the 2D ones, but I've always absolutely loved them. And Sonic 3 especially, I used to love that. I had that with them. Um, that was one I probably got the... I had 1, 2, and 3, and then I probably got the fondest memories of probably number 1 and number 3, I think. And then there was just obviously that long gap right the way through until um, Mania came out, which there's just been some new DLC for as well, is there not? You can play through... Yeah, the Game Gear games of... of, um, of, of uh, no, it's not Mania, sorry. It was Origins. Sonic Origins, oh, okay. yeah, the Game yeah. Gear games have just come okay. to that, yeah. Yes, that's maybe the one I saw the headline for then. Yep, yep, yep. Although Mania did have some, some update fairly recently, didn't it, I think, as well. so It did, yeah. They added some extra characters, I think it was, like, yeah. yeah. And then, and the physical edition, yeah. I have to say, Andy, um, it's, it's it's the level design on Sonic CD specifically that I have a problem with. This is, I haven't, but I, level design is really good. yeah. So, because, yeah, so I, I haven't played Sonic CD, so um, I'll, I'll maybe need to get around to it at some point. But mm. um, like I say, you'll, you'll be always bored. have a supporter in Sonic for me. Um, <laughs> nice but I haven't been play- I haven't been playing any, so it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't help you in this case. But no, I said that, I, I think probably, well, as you guys know, but the listeners might not, um, very little gaming time for me. I've been away on holiday. I had, or survived, I think, five days down in Disneyland Paris, which was lovely. It was full on and very busy, but loads of fun. The kids had an absolute blast. And um, yeah, I kind of really, we all sort of really felt the benefit of it, but we've just been kind of, that's really taken up most of the time. So there hasn't been any gaming. I was kind of in a wee bit of a rush, which is a shame to finish up yakuza before we headed off there and I'll, we'll talk about that as we get towards the uh into the actual breakdown of the game itself but no other actual gaming time although a couple of big news stories as far as i was concerned already a future pick for next year was i don't know if you guys saw it or not but was it the summer games fest which was which was on, was on the other night and yeah obviously they had to the first gameplay footage of the mortal kombat reboot what is technically Mortal Kombat 12, but they've gone back to Mortal Kombat 1 with um, effectively a timeline reset and going back to some of the the classic characters and um, a few other kind of bits and bobs. It's uh, I don't know if you guys saw the trailers or any of the gameplay footage, but it looks Mm -hmm. like Mortal Kombat Plus, to be honest, kind of all the the things you associate with the series kind of turned up to 11. So I think they're kind of... They're going in... They're going all in on this one, which I'm pretty... So I've got the... I, I know we kind of we tried not to um, encourage this type of behaviour, but I, it's one of the, it's one of the few games that I end up doing this for every time anyway. So I've I've pre-ordered the kind of the the special edition with a season pass on it to get all the additional characters as and when they come out. So I think Christ, I think it's like eighty quid or something like that that I've already signed up for. But I did manage to avoid the collector's edition that was I think three hundred quid that had some Whoa. some Liu Kang statue with it. All all the things that basically I've got no need what whatsoever for. But sometimes when you see a special edition of a game that you love, you just think I've got to get this. Indeed, yes, yeah. yeah, The the, the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters comes to mind here, Chris. It's um, (laughs) Mortal Kombat. Did that arrive? Has that arrived My copy or Chris's? Your copy. Mine arrived ages ago. Yeah. Yeah. I got a shipping notification. I'm probably about 
a week ago, ten days ago, I think. So it, it should be here any day now, I think. But oh, I was gosh. only ever just I was just getting the physical version of the game, but that should be here very shortly. Um, but I have to say, I'm pretty excited about the new Mortal Kombat. So it, it's something that for yourself, Mads and Chris, you can very much look forward to playing next year because that will be. A, <laughs> I've got to try and avoid playing it, and then maybe we can put it in. Uh, Mads is Mads is nodding incredibly enthusiastically here. He's, he, he's, 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 he's mouth excited. He, he loves one on one fighting games. Yeah, no, no. Would and no. <laughs> have, it, I actually think it looks really good. Yeah. Like I'm not a fan of one on one fighters, but Jesus, like some of those. Like there's one thing fatalities and like 16 bit graphics when you can just look at it and just mm. think that's funny. There's another thing when they're almost photorealistic. Oh, I think it, someone's and they're, they're clearly absolutely, yeah, and they're really playing up on that with this one. You could see it where they've just decided yeah. to go, like I say, they've just decided to go all in on it. And I think they're probably, you know, any kind of concerns there were about this kind of the effect this might have on innocent minds back in 1993. Well, Mm. I think they're probably. Uh, I think they might be revisiting that conversation with this one based on some right. of, some of the footage that I saw. But um, I, I think yeah. it. I think it'll be a really Big good game to jump. This time they've got age ratings actually, which they didn't have, which was introduced because of games like Mortal Kombat back that in the day. So true. this is going to be eighteen plus. I'm. I'm hoping. Yeah, for all that. Kind <laughs> and it's score, they're yeah. so they're so over the top mm. that like they're funny rather than horrific. But there were gasps from the audience, wasn't there? Yeah. Like when I think one of them, like they just literally kind of this person has their head ripped off. Yeah, and so, this is gameplay footage. As yeah, well. so that, that was kind <laughs> of like, that was kind of like the kind of the that was the final kind of shot or sequence of yeah. that because so that was obviously Sub Zero's. I say obviously that was Sub Zero's fatality in the very first Mortal Kombat. And I yeah. think there's been a couple of versions, but that's kind of his famous head rip <clears throat> fatality that um, they've obviously just basically, it's effectively just a modern version of his classic one where they've just done it obviously yeah. in you know, a, a nice 4K version of that one. I'm pretty excited, but I think I, th- I do think it'll be a good one for us to play because especially on the more recent entries, the last probably three, yeah. there's, there's been an attempt for a story in them, but obviously this one's a complete reboot, whereas the yeah. last couple you maybe, you would have benefited from knowing what else was going on previous to it all whereas because you had all these kind of parallel timelines etc and it involved a bit of time travel um <laughs> it's a nice grounded story obviously whereas i think this one is um <laughs> this reboot hopefully it kind of takes it a bit more back to basics so uh, i i do think we, have, we haven't played one yet so it's either that or street oh, fight it's either that or street yeah. fighter 6 so you guys can choose which one you'd like well I, although i would street fighter 4 is also a very very good game oh um, nice yeah I had thought about that at some point as well, but there's less of a story. I think Mortal Kombat's going to have a better story. I'll give anything uh, a go. We don't necessarily need a story, I guess, because uh, we we could try to to just do some mechanical uh, discussions instead. Uh, Yeah. Combat mechanics and strategies, and I'm I'm up for trying anything. So. You can make it like a two-parter, couldn't you? The first one where you talk about kind of what it was like getting used to it and then come back, you know, two or three weeks later and talk about, you know, what's it like when you've spent, you know, 10, 12 hours with the game? How have you improved? What's mm-hmm. it like? You know, that could be quite interesting. Yeah, yeah, could be fun. You never know. It could be an emotional roller coaster of a story from start to finish. So it could be a revelation. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could eat your heart out of The Last of Us. Watch this. Nice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, uh... <laughs> but that's been me. <laughs> Uh, I have. I've been trying to install Horizon. Uh, that that was a nightmare. It took like two days to install that thing. Do you know why? 
I think so because it, it it was trying to install the hundred gig update or whatever it was at the same time as installing the disc, and I kept right. so and obviously I just kept like putting it into rest mode, and thinking I put it into rest mode, made sure the options were, were on, and I just yeah. left it for oh it'd, it'd be all right. Left it. I think I left it overnight actually, and then I came in in the morning, and the PlayStation was making all sorts of noise, and, <laughs> and it was still it was still on around like fifteen percent or something. I was like, what is going on here? So yeah, then I like restarted it, went off to work, came back, and it was it, it was making all sorts of noise again, and it was stuck 17%. at a, yeah, it was stuck at about seventeen percent or something. And I was like, what is going on? So in the end, I ended up like cancelling, starting it again, cancelling the update, installing the disc, and then running the update afterwards, and it worked okay then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have just downloaded it from PlayStation Plus. I probably should have done, mate, yeah, because the, there's nothing streamed from the disc, is it? It's just literally no. a key. So. Is it on PS Plus? Yeah. Right. That's cause I just suddenly thought I went to have a look in the cupboard today and I don't have a copy of it, but there must be a re- I thought there must be a reason why I don't have a copy of it and I must have added it through my PS Plus subscription. You could even stream it if your internet connection is good enough. Mm, nice. I've got full fiber broadband, so yeah. yeah. Like, I get it streams fine here, and my where that where the PlayStation is is always gets a little bit iffy yeah. reception from the router, and it streams perfectly. So oh, I'm just I'm I'm not, I'm not there I'm I'm not there yet. That's that's going to be another ten years before I'm feeling ready to stream a game. I think stream it's it with your PlayStation it. handheld. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That yeah. comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, not in this. So what else, Jim? Other than installing Horizon, anything else? Yeah, I did play a game which I think is definitely it's not one that I'd normally play to be honest. It's more like yours and Mad's sort of game. So it was it's like an environmental. What a, a good game? Well, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's there's no blue hedgehogs in it. That's for sure. It's um, it's like it's um, it's like an environmental sort of based puzzler, if that makes sense. So you like manipulate the environment to find things in the environment and solve puzzles on the switch. Is it it's sorry. Yeah. It's called down in Bermuda. So you basically play oh, this okay. pilot who's crashed in Bermuda and just, you have to sort of, he wants to go home. So you're helping him sort of go through these islands to, to, to get home. Uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you yeah. finished it? Yeah, finished it. It's not long. It's about four or five hours or something like that. I think the biggest sort of once you find like once you find out the, the levels of that get sort of progressively trickier as you go. But the uh, but once you find out what the game's asking you to do and how to p- manipulate the the environment, then you then you're away. It's that initial sort of hurdle. Once you get over that, yeah. then, then you're away. But I just saw it. It was on sale on the Switch store. So it was just one of them ones. I thought, I'll, I'll give it, a, give it a little go, see what it's like, and re- you can always really count on it. you to play something which nobody else has ever heard of. But you, well, it's on, the, it's on Steam as well. I think it worked That's- quite nicely on the Steam Deck. You know where you've got little trackpads that yeah. you act as the mouse, and you can yeah. manip- you can move the island around, and I think it worked quite nicely on that. Yeah, 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 nice. But yeah, I was thinking of you two when I was playing. I thought oh, you'd, you'd enjoy this. It sounds like you know, my, there's just there's a lot of games like that at the moment, and I find like it's um, it's quite difficult for those kind of games to stand out from the crowd at the moment. Yeah, because I think there's a lot of those kind of 
indie kind of environmental puzzlers around. Mm. You know, even things like Planet of Lana, which came out a few weeks ago. I feel like I feel like five years ago that would have been really well reviewed. Yeah, I don't it's... see. I've not really seen anything about it. It was only like I just saw it in the store on it because I always check the sales, and it was on sale. And yeah, just just decided yeah. to to have a go. I think I only paid like a couple of quid or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just on the note good. of kind of slightly more obscure any games, you guys haven't seen any trailers for that one called A Highland Song, have you? Yes. Mm, yeah, that one really interests yeah. me. I was gonna. I think it's on Switch and PC. I think, isn't it? Yeah, was reading a preview of that in Edge. Was it in Edge? Maybe it's that. Yeah, it's been previewed. So that's by um, it's by Inkle, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, that looks really nice. Yeah, so I think it's about to release imminently. But um, I was just randomly. I'm trying to think. Maybe it was on that um, Games Fest the other night. There was somewhere that I was watching it. Just randomly stumbled across it, and it just looks like a really. It looks like a a beautiful game, but then it also looked like it had a really nice soundtrack as well. So uh, I'm going to try and track that. And as soon as it's out, I will report back on that one because I thought it looked pretty decent. They do some great stuff. We should definitely play one of their games at some point and they've done some really really nice games over the years yeah um, I, few, yes, I couldn't so tell you if I've played any of their games is there any ones that are particularly well known um, actually, so the only one I can think of off the top of my head so they did the Around the World in 80 Days yeah because look at that just, uh, Heaven's Vault oh Heaven's Vault is the one that looks really really good okay and then they did like a Murder Overboard, Mystery one, was it? There was one yeah Overboard right yeah it looks really good yeah, yeah. I'll tell you another game that's made for our podcast and I, yeah we should have played it better Hellblade yes yes like, yeah yeah, I yeah. Got that. that's a Hellblade. PS Plus game isn't it I think Made well, I think it's. I think it's Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. Yeah, Game Pass I think well, it's the sequel. It? The sequel's coming soon, isn't it? As well, and I've got, got trailered on the yeah. uh, Microsoft showcase earlier, didn't it? Yeah. And that that game and and the other one, like I know a few a couple of you guys have played it, but Spider Man as well would be really good. Yes. Well, that's going yeah. obviously. There's a lot of attention around it at the moment. I, I haven't played it, so um, I, I think I'm the only one that's. I think I'm the only one that's played it out of the four of us. But I'd be more. Have than you happy. played it, Matt? No, no. I'd be more than happy to new game plus that and go for it, it again. Yeah, it, it keeps getting referred to as as to how good a game it was, and I because you've played the Batman games, haven't you? Like Arkham Asylum yeah. and stuff. Yeah, they're really does, good. Does it is it comparable to that in terms yeah. of? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, how it, how much it makes you feel like that character? Um, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, I'd say it does I would a love really to play good it. job. It's got a photo and, mode, so I'm in. And and the same as as Batman, and probably better than 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 the Batman game is actually sort of just navigating the city is just where you yeah, it's more really right. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of there murder mysteries, right after finishing uh, Sega CD, I, I really, for some reason, wanted to play The Murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Have you played that? <laughs> I've not, mate, no. Okay, okay. It's it's freely available on, on Steam. It's actually just free. You can, you can check it out if you want. It looks really good. I installed it and only just played five minutes, and then I got sidetracked with Sonic Two instead. But uh, yeah, looks interesting. It's a point and kill. Yes. Well, there's not much killing. I think it's a murder mystery. It's on yeah. on a train, and it it's yeah, it's just it looks like good fun, especially for four. Hey, I'll maybe have a look before a at the end of the series. Of yeah. I'll maybe have a look before the end of the month, yeah. But I did, I have started um, just quickly before we go into Yakuza. I I put an hour. Uh, so maybe a bit more into Final Fantasy VI. 
So I oh, said okay. I was going to play that alongside Horizon and I'm playing the Pixel remaster. Loving it. Loving it. Yeah. Yeah. The Good. first one I'd ever played was Seven. And when they played that in the game club, the R8 game club. And then, you know, when you hear like all those, like so, the, the little soundtrack, the little, the little bites and the effects, yeah. and, and you hear them in like in six, it like just brings it all back. I loved seven. I how, it was so how good, good is that opening to Final Fantasy VI, by the way? Yes. Yeah, really good. Absolutely I've, iconic. So I've, I've, some sequences that are missing from the Pixel remasters. Was Did I read something about, was there some... Like so, almost like some FMV type sequences that are missing from the Pixel remaster. Oh, there's, some, there's something that's not in them apparently, and there was a bit of having never played it. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I yeah. Wouldn't this know, is, I don't so. know either. But they were saying, yeah, I think there was. Was it, do you know anything, Chris? Was there in the sort of no. was there any kind of like re-releases or updates of the games that featured sort of additional bits to them? Prob- probably, but most of the additional stuff that was released was. To absolute tosh right yeah so it's only additional stuff that was released on i think the gba i know i'm about to play final fantasy 4 and i know the gba version of final fantasy 4 got like a, a an extra episode i think it's called like the after years it's meant to be complete and total cack um, <laughs> but obviously for proper completionists who will want to experience everything then but yeah i mean i can't I find it difficult from what I've read to recommend those. I mean, what what you want is a pixel remaster of the, the Super Nintendo version. That's all I would want because that, that game is, I don't want to use the word perfect, but Final Fantasy VI is as down close to perfect as yeah, you'll find. I'm enjoying it so far. It's got some lovely little addition things as well. So like I've switched on like double, or it was double, maybe treble money. What? Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting Don't like loads, I'm getting loads of money so I can buy loads of potions Nothing. He's just breaking the yeah, game. Yeah, why not? Why not? <laughs> so you've only played seven, Jim, were you saying? I've played seven, yeah. Yeah. How does this play in compared? Because I'm the same. I've only ever played seven. Do you, is this, are you kind of getting similar vibes in terms of how much you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still early doors, in it? But yeah. It's very different to seven. I mean, seven's a lot more cinematic. It is. Um, but as a, as a pure, I mean, gay, I mean, people will know my, anyone that's distressed as well will know when it starts off Final Fantasy VII. But as a pure game, I think Final Fantasy VI is, is I think, is, you know, Inverted Commas a better game. I, you know, I prefer the core gameplay. But Final Fantasy VII is so much more cinematic. Mm. Final Fantasy VI soundtrack as well, absolute bangers every single one of those tracks. Yeah. And they've, they've like remixed them and, and, and that yeah. as well for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's into your tube all the time. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Good Cheap luck with that. From the get go, I mean that is uh, <laughs> wow. There, 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 wow. Seems be a, there seems to be a recurring theme here as well. What was this? Um, what your 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 arcade high scores, Jim? What was this about? Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Billy, I got pulled, Billy, Mich- I got Billy Mitchell, didn't I? <laughs> mm, mm. <laughs> Yeah, it's, so I was playing the wrong. Turns out I've been playing the. I was sat at the top of the high score table, but it turns out I've been playing the wrong ROM version of um, yeah. Bomb Jack. Yeah, heaven forbid you yeah. should just enjoy yourself and have some fun playing it. Yeah, so I got my uh, yeah I got my Pi Tijama finally up and running. I got that back from Dean. It was all working on his, so he sent it me straight back, I, and he after said to have a little look. Spanked. Sorry, after you got spanked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've got the Piety Jammer in there now, and um, I've got the right ROM version, but I've got, I think it's like 280,000. I was over 300,000. Uh, mm. You'll get there. 
I'll get yeah, you're just going to have to back. go back and win it on the original ROM now, just to show them. Yeah. 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 So no, nobody's playing Di- Diablo Four then. No. Come on, biggest game no. release in the last long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I played like half an hour. It? Yeah, half an hour. I think I'm Gosh. going to be playing through it with a friend on the deck. Play through the no on the PC. Yeah. It's had great PC, reviews, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. yeah it, it seems. I mean, I have played. Uh, maybe an hour, I think. Uh, so not a lot, but uh, it, it seems good. I played all the way through the third one with with a friend online in, in co-op mode and uh, playing through this one in, with the same friend. But this seems better because the third one was, well, to my mind, slightly boring because it was too easy. And this seems to be a bit more challenging with the boss fight. So that's, uh, that's good news. Looks we, good. Looks we really like good. easy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I need to play Diablo 1 first, though. Oh, no. No, no, you really don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very, very pure uh, action RPG fair, so uh, th- there's not much thinking needed at all. Just uh, just go in there, get Diablo Huge. 4, and start. Yep. I played I played about ten hours of three on the Switch and I enjoyed I mean yeah. ten hours is nothing, is it, for that for that game, but I enjoyed what I played of it. I've still got it up on the shelf or maybe go yeah. back to it one day. I've never tried it on a console, but supposedly the third one was really good on the consoles mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first one I'd played. For me, so. yeah, Diablo is uh Left or right click stuff until it dies, and then left or right click something else until it dies, and yeah. then left or right click. So that's oh. how you play Diablo. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds my sort of level as well. That's good. Yes, <laughs> but this there's there's new depth to the fourth one. Uh, there's a dodge move, and you need to actually learn how to use that to get the past the bosses. And I, I really like that that addition. Nice future, maybe a future play for your game then. Maybe. <laughs> Could yeah. Be. Right. Who's ready for some Yakuza? Yes, sir. Yes. Chris, are you happy to just give us a quick quick catch-up? Sure am, mate. Hopefully not as long as the last one, which I think went on for about six minutes. Um, so I apologise for that. So, yeah, so bear in mind that I'm talking PS2 version. So where I say Kazuma, you will read Kiryu. And where I say Fuma, you will read Kazama. Etc. Etc. So we are Kazuma Kiryu, a once rising star in the Yakuza who took the rap for a murder by child of friend cum rival Akira Nishikiyama, otherwise known as Nishiki. Upon his release from prison, Kamaza forms an unlikely alliance with a detective named Makoto Date and is tasked to find out just what has happened to the Yakuza, as well as finding his missing childhood sweetheart, Yumi Sawamura. When we left Kazuma at the end of our part two, he just met with Nishiki and, of course, beaten him up, as well as his 50,000 goons who he brought with him. Kazuma escapes into the Kamarosho night, where he hears about an explosion of purgatory, where Haruka, his by now surrogate little sister, daughter, whatever, he cares for him. And was left. He cares for him when he's not slapping around the face. <laughs> It turns out the explosion was a plot to break into Belgium and snatch Haruka. And once again, we're left to search camera show for Haruka. After a rainbow-themed series of battles, we end up in a fight... See, I like that. See, I like that. See what I did? We end up in a fight against the Akai brothers at Deborah. And once we meet them, we learn that Haruka has been captured by the Snake Flower Triad, who have a base in Yokohama. 
We go on a little field trip with Date to Yokohama where we take down Kaolong and rescue Haraka. Kaolong tells him that he was given he's given the pendant to Nishiki already. Shimano was trying to show change him, but he says he wants to keep Haraka as somebody else has offered even more money for Haraka than they were willing to pay for the pendant. So at this point, I just want to put a pin in this, because at this point I'm thinking Haraka is somehow significant to the 10 billion yen. She must be. She mm. must be somehow the key, and the pendant is some kind of red herring, but we'll come back to this. Uh, Kazuma beats Kaolong, but his celebration is cut short as he is arrested by Date's former protege, Junichi Sudo. Date's not having that. He goes against an order to he goes against orders to release Kazuma. And on the way back to Kamarosho, Date reveals that he's been investigating the mysterious government force that we saw at Stardust, and he believes it to be the MBI. I think this might be the MIA in the yeah. version that you guys have yeah. played. The MBI is the Ministry Bureau of Investigation. I wonder where they got that acronym <laughs> from. Uh, led by a politician named Kyohei Jingu. Remember that name? Uh, this game does the classic Japanese thing of saying, and now we've got an even bigger baddie for you to face. How yeah. about this? You've never heard of this fella before, but in your face, he's going to have you. Darte believes that the MBI are ordering Sudo to pursue Kazuma. We also learn here that the woman pulled from the river, who we believe to be Mizuki, Yumi's uh, sister and Haruka's mother, was not actually her, and Mizuki is believed to be alive. So poor Haruka has been told that her mother's dead, now she's not dead. Oh, the, the woman you thought your auntie was really your mother, now she's dead and now she's alive. Uh, Jesus Christ, this poor girl. We fend <laughs> off an attack and we, we get back to Serena, where we take a call from Shinji, telling us that somebody close to us is feeding information to Nishiki. A trip to Kage reveals that the informant is none other than Reina, proprietor of Serena and longtime friend. We head back to Stardust only to find Reina's gone and she's left a confession note to say she did it all in the name of love. She was giving the information to Nishiki because she loved him. She threatens or promises to make up for it. Shinji then calls to say that Reina had invited him and Nishiki to Serena. Reina tried to shoot Nishiki and failed. And now Shinji and Reina are injured and on the run. We follow a trail of blood, if you're Jim, to everywhere other than the place where you're supposed to go. And then we look at a walkthrough to find where we need to get to. And we end up at the abandoned building in the hotel district where we find a murdered Reina and a mortally wounded Shinji, apparently at the hands of Omi family hitman Kazuto Arase. We defeat him, and in Shinji's dying words, he implores us to look for Fuma, or Kazuma, and tells us to go and find his girlfriend, Akemi, who can help us. But before he can say any more about Akemi, he dies, and Kazuma screams. He does. He'll be screaming again later on. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that, that brings us into chapter 11, Honour and Humanity. This is kind of like the last sort of busy chapter, if you like, of the last three. The, the chapters sort of 12 and 13 are both, I thought, pretty pretty snappy, aren't they? This one, that, this one I thought definitely felt a little bit fillery. We start off at the florist's house and we're leave, leaving behind the bodies of uh, Shinji and Reina. And then Date arrives and they're... The, basically trying to find out who this uh, Akemi is um, and because uh, she's looking after Kazuma. And then the uh, the florist says that he knows who she is. She's the most popular girl over at the Shangri-La soap lamp. So that's where we've basically got to head over. But it's going to cost us a million, to, a million yen to get inside. 
And I, I, at this point, I was like, oh, no, please don't grind for a million years. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I was like, no, please not. But thankfully, we don't have to. We uh, we just have to go and get a membership card instead. And we have to go and find someone. I think it's Shinmei. We go and find Shinmei um, over at the club. She's, she says that she's got a card. Um, and then she says that she's an illegal immigrant. And she'll give you the card if you can secure some documents from someone called the Forger, basically, so she can stay in Camarocco. And then she tells, uh, yeah, she tells Kiryu to visit Jewel and, and then meet up with Ayaka. So, so yeah, this is, so we're going off running, running errands for, for Shinmei now. Really so, so many errands in this uh, in this party. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. But the most uh, weird thing was actually entering the duel and not asking for Yui. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> it's my, it was my first and only time in the duel, actually. Ah, oh, I spent a lot of time there. Mm. It's also got the single <laughs> page. <laughs> was a regular. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, Mr. Christensen. Mo- mo- most of my income <laughs> is uh, <laughs> deposited at, at the jewel, mate. <laughs> it's got the best music of all the locations in the game. I love the club music that's playing there. Mm. It's really good. Was it like kind of lounge jazz? Mm, no, jewel. Like it's kind of like the upbeat, almost like like clubbing music. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember much about it's it. Really good. Some of the music in this latter section of the game is really good, actually. Yeah, I yeah. Oh, I love the uh, the little track at the end. Love that. That was brilliant. It, it I was, was so interested random. to see if it's the. Yeah, it was. But uh, yeah, it worked really well. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we get we get over to the jewel, but uh, I think is it uh, Ayaka doesn't give give Kiryu anything, uh, and then he he leaves. And when he leaves, I think we meet them. Is it Mama? Mama, they call her. We meet who's like runs the club. They meet her on the on the way out. Basically, like say a couple of words to her, and as we're going out, there's like two proper dodgy looking guys sort of <laughs> going in, and then Kiryu turns around and follows them back in, and they're and they're harassing Ayaka, and then basically Ayaka and the Mama bottle these two guys and and run <laughs> off, and then we have to go and sort of follow them. We find them in this in this park. You catch them up, and it's the the snake flower triad are, are back. So then we get like our first sort of big sort of fight scene of, of this chapter. But any any issues with that? It was pretty pretty straightforward on it. I thought. Yeah, I just picked up their swords, and that seemed to make quite light work of them. But you're fairly yeah. well practiced at these larger encounters. Now that yeah. was good. Another enjoyable fight. It, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was an enjoyable fight. Yeah, no, I didn't have any real issues with this one. Um, it, this is this this is a classic example of I think the game. I imagine for you guys, like the Kawami game, kind of belaying its PS2 heritage because this is a part of a game which takes itself all very seriously, you know. And I, I just think like, you've just come off chapter ten, quite a dramatic moment there. I'm ramping up of the pace, you know, you feel like, mm. you know, yeah, the people are dying and and then you're kind of off traipsing around, yeah. you know. It's exactly the same in the PS2 version as well. Like, it's not fa- it's not Further Padded and Kawami, it's all the same. And I was thinking, like, it's killed the pacing of the story in such a yeah. shame because yeah. it. I was really into it. I kept building and building and then, you know, and I think maybe kind of how we split it, you know, you go back into this section, like, and it's... You know, you're ready for like, right, when I last played it, this was happening. And now 
now I'm just I'm just jagging round, running after some Tom, Dick, or Harry who means nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I would it's a shame, really. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with that because just because of time constraints, the previous recording and then for this recording, I ended up just pretty much mainlining the missions. I I'd really enjoyed over the first couple of episodes doing a whole lot of side stuff in between. I was actually avoiding anything that I knew that was going to progress the story and I was going off and doing all these other side missions. But like I say, because I was a bit pushed for time, I was just having to go on to the next critical task each time. Mm-hmm. And, and even doing that, it really felt like quite disjointed and quite random in its pacing. And that was trying to kind of keep the momentum going or I couldn't have kept yeah. it going any better than what I had done. So yeah, there are issues with that side of things in the game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It didn't need it, did it? And and it doesn't even finish here because when we beat the uh, the snake flower triad, the mama reveals that she's actually the forger, and then she gives you uh, the documents that Shin Mei was after. Yeah. So then you go to back to Shin Mei, expecting yeah. to get the membership card, and she tells you that she's already given it to someone else. And then you have to off go your pop off again. Off your pop again. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't. It just didn't need it. Like you say, you you wanted you wanted to get on. You didn't. You didn't no, I don't that. know. About, I don't know about you guys, but did you guys find that the random battles are really ramped up here? It like, did feel, yeah, yeah. It did so feel like many. there was, yeah, mm. yeah. And the like, random battles in in uh, in our version was slightly tougher now. I mean, four or five yes. people at a time instead of just three. Yeah, still yeah, easy to to dispatch of, but uh, yeah, slightly tougher. I couldn't yeah, remember. Yeah. Was this the first time? Had there been another point in the game we were we were in the daylight? Or was this the first time? Yeah, I think it was because it, it certainly struck me. Yeah, that was the same. I yeah. can't remember if it was the first time or not, but it suddenly I thought, wait one second, what's changed? And I said, right, that's exactly what it was. And it was quite nice actually doing a wee bit of exploring in the daytime. It was. I wish, yeah, I wish we'd done a bit more of it, to be honest, because, yeah, it was it was nice. I mean, I, I guess they want you to feel that, the impact, don't they, of like all the neon lighting? Yeah, and I don't, yeah, and they can see why it really does work. Yeah. But it just it made for a nice contrast to yeah, definitely a bit of yeah. daytime frolicking. Yeah, they have dynamic kind of time in, in Kawami, like you each stood around with a change. No, no, no. no. Maybe they bring that in later. I, I don't know with later games. I don't know, but yeah, it's just it's I just not. I can't remember the time in the PS2 version. I don't think it was. Okay. I think mean, it was. I didn't so then we get the membership. We have to go and get this membership card. She's given it to Ariatsu. So we go over to the to the Meb, I think they called it. We have to buy the card off him. You can do like a little bit of bartering to, to get the price down. I think initially he asks for a million, but you can barter him down a little bit. Did you try all the other options? To see yeah, how cheap I did. You could, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, same. You, yeah. Did you I try think- threatening him? Repeatedly I tried threatening him first. Yeah, yeah, yeah I tried I thought... threatening him first. Yeah, straight to the violence. But, yeah, um, quite yeah. right. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, he, he wasn't wasn't having any of it. You think it's stupid? Like Kazem has killed hundreds of people by this point. He threatens this guy who says, "Actually, no, I'd like you to leave." He's just like, "Yeah, all right." Yeah, yeah. and he's an absolute <laughs> weed as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like why doesn't he just beat him up and take it off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Kazem hasn't killed anyone. Everybody just stands up and runs away after a fight. He's beating them up plenty, though. We don't have to yes. kill him. We could, ju- yeah. we could just, we could just, yeah, just hospitalize yeah. him. That's fine. But he's like Batman, yeah. innit? He's got a no kill policy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. which but, uh, bites him, bites him in the uh, in the behind later on. That's for sure. We'll, I was we'll just get, thinking we'll now, now that, that we were talking about these girls that we we're interacting with here. 
Apart from Reina, have we interacted with any girls who aren't prostitutes in this game? <laughs> uh, only Haruka. <laughs> yes, and, yes, and Haruka, of course, but uh, grown-ups, I mean. It's uh, quite disturbing, really. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think as well, like in, in the PS2 version, you don't have the wackiness in Kiwami. Mm. Like, it, it, it is... It's it's so soapy, and I loved. I really like the story of the game. Yeah, but same. it's very soapy, but it does take itself seriously. Like it, it's trying to tell an earnest crime story. Mm. Like, is, is it though? My, it is so soapy. It, it's 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 incredible. I mean, the, I mean, the story the, the, said nothing for the me. The original, and, for sure. There's no doubt about it. They were straight. They were going for straight laced. Okay, nice. Like I think over the games, it's obviously they've lent him more to yeah, the yeah. To, to the magic. Yeah, which culminates in Majima hiding in a traffic cone and Mm. stuff like that. (laughs) But in the original, I reckon they were going 100% straight-laced. It's Mm. just a very soapy storyline, which makes the treatment of women, I think, a little more troubling for me as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, well, enough about that. That's uh, that's just this game. (laughs) It's a bit weird. (laughs) Yeah. I can't imagine it'll be any different in, in the other games. Maybe maybe they maybe they they change their approach a little bit maybe in the later mm. games like I don't know but yeah I'll, I'm going to play the rest so we'll, we'll I'll find out. We now get a phone call I think it is from Majima telling him to basically get into this uh, prepaid taxi. He says there's some people that are out to kill him. You got to jump in this taxi. He's 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 watching you back. So Kiryu jumps in this in this taxi. It takes him to this pier, and it turns obviously it turns out to be a trap. That Majima is is there with uh, these like former members of the Dojima family, and then we have this big fight scene with with them. You see the little forklift truck there is. I mean, obviously it's a pier, but I I saw the little forklift truck. I didn't know if that was like a little nod to Shenmue, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, could have been. Could yeah. Be. yeah. yeah. Seems very specific. Yeah, yeah. Was was this in the PS2 version as well, Chris? No, this wasn't. So this is just Kiwami. Bit, so you, you cool, have yeah. Majima driving a truck into the um, place where you meet a cabbie right though, don't you? Do you later on, yeah. Yes, later yeah, on we yeah, do, yeah. 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 So no, so in the PS2 version, no, there's none of that stuff with Majima dr- dressing up as a taxi driver now. Yeah, so we um, yeah, so we, Mad- we end up fighting Majima and his cronies there. He gets Majima's shot. on our side for this fight, though. He turns on you, doesn't he? I'm sure he turns on you and then he, gets, he ends Look, up getting shot. Mm. Are you just so yeah? Because you're just about to. You just sorry. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, right. That's true. He's fighting alongside you, and then you're just yep. about to fight him, and he gets shot. That's yep. right. Yeah, he, want, he wants like he, that one-on-one fight with with Kiryu, doesn't he? Th- yeah, you're yeah, right. that's mm. right. Yeah, he takes the. I think he takes the bullet for you, doesn't he? And then that happens at the end of the. Um, that happen at the end of the chapter when you fight him in the story? Because I think he says only I get to kill Kazuma or something. I think I'm, I'm sure there might be a difference in the PS2 version because I think in the PS2 version he takes a bullet. He took. He got shot earlier in the game when we was fighting him at the batting club. He got shot then. Sure, yeah. Yeah. We get. He gets okay. shot again here, doesn't he? And falls, yeah. into the, yeah, falls into the falls into the harbor. Right? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper, just <laughs> left for dead. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then we have to. And then Kiryu has to go Kiryu back just to looks the and then, he, after then he leaves. He doesn't even try to to save him. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, then we we go off to the to the Shangri La. So yeah, 
Kiryu and uh, Haruka, are, are, they they go off to this the, to the Shangri La, which yeah is just the place for a nine year old, isn't it? When you, did you oh, check yeah. on did you check on the doors? Because so we have to basically we find Akimi um, right on the on the top floor. It's like one of the last doors, but you can check other doors as your basically it's like like a hotel, isn't it for for people that want to go and have have a time with a prostitute sort of thing. It's a brothel, yeah. Isn't it? It's just yeah. a straight up and it a brothel. But well, you yeah. can you can go into the rooms. You just walk in, and there'll be like a couple like sat on the bed, and they're yeah, like, "Haraka bones in." Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, "Get out." <laughs> this part, do you not think this part felt very? It showed its PS2 roots in the sense that there was the option to go into these rooms, but when you went in, it was a very under fleshed that's probably the wrong term yeah. to use it was a very <laughs> under um it was it was a very empty room with just a person sat yeah. there that you could have one yeah. interaction with or one conversation yeah. with and that was it it just seemed a bit odd but because it was there there is must really be, only one kind of interaction you want to have with those indeed there. yeah and you couldn't so that was my frustration so it was um <laughs> yeah there was only a, but it was like four or five rooms you could go into but other than really sort of drawing it out and making it feel like there was not all the doors were closed to you. It just, there didn't seem to be a huge amount of purpose to it. I don't think. No. Yeah. Now it's really weird. This. I mean, it's how like any, any part of this game, which involves Haruka, I just find really odd. Really? Like, and when I think any part of it, it's like, she walks in there with this nine year old. I think the girl on the desk is like, what are you doing with her? And he's, he has this really weird conversation when he's like, oh, I'm taking her on like a field trip. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. We'll see how you see how you feel by, by the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. So we eventually make it up to the fourth floor and we find uh, Akimi, who is obviously Shinji's partner, I think. Um, or someone that he sort of spends a lot of time with, whether he pays someone or not. I spend money. a lot of money on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's Fuma's girl, isn't it? Is it Fuma's no, girl? Shin- or is it Shin- no, no, it's Shinji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. She basically tells us that um, Kazuma has been moved on. He's been moved on to. Uh, where is it? He's been moved to Shibara uh, by by someone called Terada, um, mm. and that the chairman Sarah is going to have a, a, a ne- is going to be naming the next chairman as well. So yeah, then this is the point, Chris, where we get this loud crash. And as yeah, imagine- the, the, sorry, the, the chairman Sarah named the four chairman in his will. Yes, that was it. Yeah, that you need to find you need the to will find the will. Ten million. That yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, then this is where we get the big crash. Majima comes cra- flying in for um, through, through the door, and then we have to sort of fight our way down to the bottom to to yeah. fight him. Uh, I love this. I thought this was dead good. So you, you fight, you you fight, and this was like the it's like it felt a little bit like justification or payoff, if you like, for all the busy work and all the nonsense yeah. in this chapter. Because I really, I really enjoyed this the, the fight with Majima. You, and you end up sort of falling through the floor, don't you, in the lobby at one yeah, stage? Yeah. yeah. I think just before, imagine Mars got this, uh, takes hold of one of the girls, doesn't he? Uh, he's got her at knife point and says he wants her. 
but then she sort of turns around to him and says that she's in love with someone and, and he lets her go. Yeah. But I thought it was quite quite a tense sort of scene and then you go into into the fight oh, you, with Magic Mike. You were fully expecting her to get five or six steps away and then he's Damn, gonna either yeah. throw a 100%. knife or shoot her or something and then he just lets 100%, her go. Hundred percent, yeah, but he does just let her go, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd also thought it was very, particularly on the this version that we were playing on, the Kawami version, was when you do fall through the floor and you're in the basement level, it's actually really atmospheric, the lighting, when you sometimes just yeah. get the, yes. the silhouette of Majima. Yes, you like silhouette sort of yeah. thing, Yeah, and Majima yeah. especially, he looks quite intimidating. He almost kind of got this sort of ethereal or supernatural quality to him when you're uh, when he's stood there in the shadows and you just see the outline of him. It's, it's really good. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned Mortal Kombat earlier on because this, you know, like you go crashing through the floor. There's another bit later on where we go crashing through a wall in a fight. Yep. But, and it, but it actually felt like a beat-em-up as well, this. Yeah. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Like we've got all these moves now and like I was well away. I was like well away with the change in the fighting styles and stuff like before that. But yeah, everything's just like clicking and I'm really enjoying the combat now. So, yeah, yeah I, I love this. And it's a one-on-one fight as well, which is always better than when you've got these, especially like in the next chapter where we have these these fights against multiple people. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a hard fight? Not especially, no. 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 I thought no, it was I thought enjoyable. It, was, it, I felt, thought it, was it felt a good level. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah, it felt... it was There was a, enough of a challenge there, but you weren't panicking during the fight at any point about not being able to do it you could you were always making progress to the you know to the to the to the health bars sometimes there's some of the fights have gone on for quite a while before you've actually mm. kind of made any yeah. made, really sort of seem to make any progress but no this, this was a good one really enjoyed it and i think because like you see you've had such a long and drawn out particularly mike i mean i i think i didn't actually max out i think i got up to level b i think on Majima everywhere, but he's played such a pitiful role in all your fighting training up until this point. It's, yeah. it's really cool. Really, it's about yeah. The, so in the PS2 game, this is the only the third time I've seen Majima. Yeah, see, that's great. It's such a different experience. Yeah, I must have seen him probably thirty times by this point. I think. Yeah, or loads. Yeah, like with the zombie more. one, and yeah. yeah. And just all the random yeah, street I, battles as well. When he's walking around with his yeah, megaphone. Yeah. I mean, I must have fought him so many times. So yeah. it's the third time we, I'd seen him. The second time, I, only the second time I'd fought him. Like, and he's he's a slightly camp villain, I would say. In this, like, he's not insane or he's not mad in any way. He's just just slightly. I would say, yeah, it's just just a, a, a camp, but almost like a Bond villain, right? Like that's how yeah, he, that's yeah. how I read him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. Like, yeah. He doesn't do any. He doesn't do anything overly. He has some funny dialogue, but he doesn't do anything wacky. Oh, well, other than drive a truck into a brothel, which yeah. was pretty wild. No, I think he'll be one of the most memorable characters from a game in a long time for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like those when you're just running around the street and then you just hear a Kiryu chan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I assume yeah, he's there in, in all the other games as well, is he? He's uh, another common character not to, to, to all the games in the same as Kiryu is. I think he is, yeah, I think he is. And I think his descent into what you see in Kawami, I think if we played, from what I've read and what I listened to the Kenarin's podcast on Yakuza, and they, they did it in Yakuza 0, and then they did Kawami. Mm. And I think a lot of the, I think I think a lot of what you see now in Kawami 
is explored in in the previous games. Yeah, yeah. In particularly, kind of probably, I think three wasn't it was the last mainline number one before zero, and then Kawami. Yeah, because okay. I I did look at maybe doing zero before one, but then it felt I think with what some of people were saying. If you do it that way, one field does feel like a bit of a step back after zero. Yeah, that's why I've had yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah so yeah. that was one another one of the reasons why I thought we'll, we'll go with one. And then if you want to go out yeah. from there, you, you can there, do. There will be more, Jim, don't you worry. There will be Yes, more. yeah. Spoilers for later on, but yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, yeah, because we don't, we don't know that Majimar is actually dead even after this big fight with him. And then the chapter finishes with a cutscene uh, there's Kiryu, Akimi, Date, Haruka, and f- the florist. And, and the florist gives uh, Akimi Shinji's ashes. So yeah, we we do know that they are a thing. Um, well, well, yeah, whether he's paying or not, we don't know. But um, yeah, Kiryu tells Date at this point that Kazumar is over at the yeah he's um, he's over at the Shibara. Wharf, and that's where we we're going to head off to for chapter twelve, reunited. But before we do, we'll get the first two of our listener clips. So this is John Shep and John V, John V Sam. This is their their thoughts on Yakuza Kiwami. Hi there, everybody. This is John Shepherd or John Shep one hundred on Discord. And I thought I'd come back on to tell you my thoughts on Yakuza Kiwami now that I've played a bit more of it. Uh, I say played a bit more of it because unfortunately I haven't actually finished it along with everybody else. I'm still more or less midway through. Um, Part of the reason for that is just general life getting in the way. Um, But also the way I feel about the story. So for me, the story is kind of vaguely entertaining while it's while you're playing through um, but almost instantly forgettable even with its ridiculous craziness so I haven't felt a particular pull to um, to keep going through those story missions another problem is with the story missions is they quite often lead to boss fight fights and for me the boss fights have been long slogs rather than particularly enjoyable so I guess I haven't really felt that pull to, to go along with the story, but what I have really enjoyed about this game is all the side quests and mini games that you can engage in. Um, and I have been spending hours um, plowing through all of those, finding everyone that I can and, and finding it really quite enjoyable and fun. The, the tone is just so completely random at times. Um, I've gone from talking to 10-year-olds about the value of friendship to trying to date um, adult movie stars um, to then beating the crap out of Yakuza folks all in the space of about five minutes. One side quest I haven't been able to follow through on, though, is the Majima missions. Um, After about three or four fights, he disappeared. Um, People have tried to tell me where I need to go and look for him, um, but honestly, I haven't been able to find him. And I know everyone's moaned about him online, but I feel like I've kind of missed an important part of the game. So that's a bit of a shame for me. Overall, I've I've really enjoyed this game. It's it's got a wonderful sense of fun, um, and not taking itself too seriously. Um, in a lot of ways, it actually reminds me of a JRPG in the way it's structured, and that's something that's uh, something that I always enjoy. 
I will definitely be playing it through to completion uh, once life uh, allows me. And I can see myself playing other games in the series in the future, although probably not straight away. I do find there is a certain repetitiveness in, in some of the gameplay aspects. Uh, but overall, it's been a, a game that I've been really happy to play and, and experience. And I'm, thank you so much for the, for the opportunity and for being able to share, with it, share it with you guys and for everybody else on Discord. Bye. Hi there, it's uh, John San here, John V from the Discord group. And I've been playing Grand Theft Japan. I knew nothing of the Yakuza games before jumping in. First impressions? Not that good. I'm not a beat-em-up fan, so the combat didn't initially appeal. The start seemed to focus on overly long cinematic sections, and then a boring walk around town to buy a ring. But then, after that horrible stealth section at the beginning of the funeral, the game world opened up, and I started to have a much more fun time wandering around the town getting into random fights, picking up side quests, and generally keeping myself busy. And then Jimajima pops up, again and again. Best left under a road cone. So, time to spend some of those experience points and try and understand the combat system. This was worth the effort, and I was soon concentrating on filling up my heat gauge and then pulling off some spectacular finishing moves. Grabbing the first attacker, throwing them to the floor, and then stamping their head in will never get old. So, whilst I wasn't being incredibly violent, I was helping out various people in the streets, sometimes as fetch quests, and yes, occasionally with more violence. More time was consumed playing the various mini-games. Popping into Vincent's for a game of pool or darts was very time-consuming activities. I tried to beat all contenders. The story missions progressed. I found them best when I faced lots of enemies at once rather than the boss battles which were often far too time consuming. The city was a great environment to walk around. Just a shame that there are only a few opportunities in the game where you actually do this during daylight. Um, I think it really benefited from being a densely packed environment rather than a sprawling look how big my open world is with lots of space where there's nothing happening. Um, as I became more confident with the combat I released Majima from under the cone. I soon learned to enjoy the encounters, perhaps becoming one of my favourite bits of the game. Hostess Majima, Zombie Majima, going bowling and playing pool against him. Um, I think by the time I finished I was at rank SS on Majima everywhere. Um, this really helped with the second half of the game, where the boss encounters didn't seem as difficult. Although that car chase scene, I'm not trained to use a gun. I'd have been more successful getting out of the car and punching them. Eventually, I tired of life in the city, so any chance of 100% completion was abandoned, and I started the end game. Quite a predictable and cliched story played out, with a couple of frustrating bo boss battles, and that was it. So, really enjoyed my time with the Yakuza eventually. The story, mini-games, environment, world-building, all okay, but the real highlight... Being able to pick up a motorbike and attack a group of enemies are slamming Majima's head into a car door. So did anyone, this felt like to me the last attempt, the last chance to frolic. I was expecting mm. purely linear. The way this built up, because it's one of those where you have to go and talk to Date yep. and say I'm ready to go. Felt like the last chance to frolic this, although it's not actually. Did you guys do any last minute frolic? And Andy, you've already said that you were mainlining this for time. No, sadly not. Had you... Were you guys all? Did you do any kind of batting cage stuff? No, 
no, I didn't. No, I, I no, was not at this point. Because, no, I, uh, I carried on with with the story at this point. Yeah, Mads was couldn't wait to see the end of the game at this point. Yeah. That- at, at this point, I was mainlining it because it had outstayed its welcome for me. I mean, okay. uh, I, I didn't enjoy the battles anymore. I really didn't enjoy the soapy story, oh, so God. I just wanted to see the end of it by now. I, you, I, I you're going to love the last two chapters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they were. But I mean, nothing was tough. Yeah, at the last boss battle we'll get to that but nothing was uh, I mean uh, bad in any way I just wasn't enjoying it anymore this is uh, this is where I would put the controller down if I was just on my own and I know that had I had more time I definitely would have gone off and done a lot more side stuff but at the same time it also felt like what we just discussed again it felt like the momentum was building here and it, yeah. to me it felt like the right thing was to push on with this story yeah because i think i knew yeah. at this point i'd seen it in the discord that there was the option i think some, i think it was probably Roush that mentioned there was the option post game to come back and start ticking all this stuff off anyway so that right that's fine i'll kind of hmm. ideally get the story finished and then if i've got time at the end having played it then i can then carry on playing with the side stuff which subsequently i wasn't able to do but it, yeah it felt like it felt it felt right to me to to keep going i i wanted to see where the story was going if nothing else because i was i say i was still very much guessing as to what was going to happen yeah yeah i stumbled across a reasonably interesting side quest about you end up meeting dodgema's widow Okay. Did you guys no. find that one? No. Um, so you yeah. find a phone random. Did you find that, Matt? No. Okay. So you find a phone on this dev fella and this phone's ringing. It turns out this guy was hired to, to kill you. And after you, once you follow the steps, you, re- it, you end up meeting Dodgema's widow. Um, it really frustrates me because Kazuma doesn't tell her. Ah. Doesn't tell her that how many, he didn't how many, do it. How many steps are there to that one? There's quite a few. And you have to wait because... It kind of it says, "Oh, I'll call you." Yeah, that's a very good point. I, I so I I did find that phone, and I think it maybe I don't think I even triggered the second. Is, is there a bunch of goons that come after you for the second? Yeah, part? then you have then, to go. So is one of the locker key or yes, yeah, so you have to go and find a lady who's outside the Sega World place. It probably is for you guys. It's yeah. a different thing. Yeah, in the PS2. And then from here, you get a locker key, you go to the locker key, you find something else, and then the phone rings again. Yep. So I think I only ever got it up to the locker key part, and then I don't think I saw the subsequent... I don't think I triggered what was... Or maybe I missed something that was going to progress that one. Yeah. Okay. It's good, though. Yeah, yeah, you end up meeting Dodgema's widow, and you have this kind of, you know, this big kind of confrontation with some of her people, and... One of the more, it's one of definitely one of the more fully fleshed out side missions that I've done in yeah. the whole game, yeah. and I did I did all of this here whilst doing some Colosseum stuff and trying to. I was hoping that the very final lane in the batting cage is this like world class one because I've done all the others multiple times and that never opened. It was always just out of order and it never ever opened, which I was mm. yeah. I enjoyed. I. Given it's probably the only mini game I can play, other than the UFO catcher and the fruit machine, <laughs> that I was, uh, I really wanted to see that through. Come on. Oh. Before we jump into chapter twelve, I'll just say a quick thank you to to John, uh, John Shep, that is, and, and John V, obviously for for the clips. We had uh, was it in the eighties, seventies? We had the two Ronnies. We've got we've got the two Johnnies. <laughs> <Not so. yet. laughs> So yeah, chapter twelve. Then reunited. So this is like this is doubling down on the soap opera stuff now. In uh, in this one, it begins. It, it does. I, I I loved it. 
the chapter begins over at Shibara Wolf at Shibara Wharf with uh, the Sekiru and Haruka are looking for Kazuma and he's being kept safe uh, on Terra Terada's yacht. We don't really know much about Terada at, at this point. We've seen him with um, Nishiki uh, yeah. discussing. I think there was the missing 10, 10 billion yen, um, and he later I think he freed Haruka. Um, when she was taken to the to the batting center after she got uh, t- taken hostage and taken to the batting center, this is where we fought uh, Majima at the batting center. So yeah, we we're not quite sure what side what side he's on at the minute. Um, yeah, and we yeah we see him again later on with uh, Shimano and Laukalong. They were discussing how they were going to split this this yeah. ten billion yen as well. So yeah. Yeah, interesting. I'm just waiting for the double cross. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we've got some plot bombs incoming now. So we get, we find out that Kazuma, he reveals to that Yumi, and and uh, her sister Mizuki are the, are one and the same person. Wow! Uh, didn't anybody? If anybody didn't see that one coming, I mean. That's that's reason to leave this podcast because your IQ is simply too low. Oh, you didn't? Seriously? No, I, th- I, th- I did think <laughs> I thought I didn't think Mizuki was really Yubi's sister, but I thought Mizuki would turn out to be some kind of plant. Okay. Who was pretended to be Yumi's sister, but I didn't. No, I'm, I have to confess, I didn't. I didn't see that they were one and the same. Seriously. I didn't either. No, no. I'm not sure how much expecting. I mean, I was I, expecting I, this from the beginning. Yeah, I was expecting. I was expecting. Right, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. Like, how can they think? How can she work in Serena for years? This, and- this story makes no sense on any level. With anything, <laughs> that's true. I mean, what are you doing? Yeah, you'd also think in that world as well that if anybody had any suspicions that they would just turn the screw on her a bit. You know, she's she hangs around some pretty nasty people, so you would mm. think that if somebody had any suspicions that she might be one and the same, that she would be made to squeal. Yeah, they look very alike, don't they? Those two. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think we uh, commented on it, didn't we? Like right back at the start, I think it was yeah. when we first saw. Yeah, yeah. Mizuki. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just rolling with it at this point. Like, yeah, I'm just, yeah. just I'm really enjoying like plot revelation after plot revelation. Yeah, I think that's it. You're like, smiling to yeah, Totti. Yeah, that's it. Each time, each time right. I came, you're like, of course it is. Why not? Write more. Give me why more. Not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, do you know why as well? Well, we all we all enjoyed Neighbours, didn't we, back in the day? Yes, so. Nope. Yeah. They, yeah. This is like straight. Yeah, exactly. Well so this is yeah, this is ripped straight out of something that could yeah. be a neighbor's okay. plot. Plus, so probably that's the problem. I haven't watched link, any yeah. shows in real life, yeah. and I, I I really don't appreciate them. I was rolling my eyes at the story at this point. <laughs> oh, you're just a grump. Sorry, sorry. I've got grump. taste. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe once you get loaded. You get loads of Alan Dale in the PS2. Yes, of course. There's well. the link as well. Yeah. Maybe maybe yeah. he helped write this. Maybe he helped write the plot. Who knows. Oh, I just think he wanted to bring back the Ramsey Robinson feud. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe brought back all his years of script writing on that on Neighbours. He just like, right, I, I can teach yeah. you a thing or two about how to write a good story here. Yeah, I worked leave, on Neighbours. Yeah, yeah. Leave it to me, boys. Just, leave it to me. I've got my pen. Yeah, I'll just take I'm this home with me tonight and sort out a few plot points here, and I'll bring it back to you tomorrow. There we are. Don't bother reading it. Just give it to me. I've recorded my lines. We're good. That's it. You leave it to Big Al. Big Al will sort it out. <laughs> 
we, fi- <laughs> we find out that Yumi had suffered amnesia, and I think that was a neighbor's plot at, at some stage, definitely. Mads loves an amnesia. Yeah, yes. yeah. Love that. Yes. Yeah, so she'd suffered Not amnesia. Blood point in any way. <laughs> <laughs> after um, after Dojimar's attack, right back at the start of the game, uh, and then she ended up being taken care of. So when Kiryu's gone to prison, she ends up being taken care of. Uh, Kazumar and uh, Sarah, Master Sarah, are, are looking after her basically, and that's she ends up in a relationship with uh, with, with Jingu, who's this politician that's running the the MIA, and the. The MIA is this organisation, I say, that's always been sort of lurking in the background, aren't they, trying to take out Date and, and Kiryu. I think it was the MIA as well that we ended up with a Virtua Cop simulator. It was uh, the MIA that, yeah. was, that was chasing us then. Kazumar tells Kiryu at this point that Yumi and Jingu have a daughter. This is Haruka. And then Jingu leaves her. Um, that At this point, sorry, J- Jingu leave, leaves Haruka to go with the prime minister's daughter. And then, yeah, he then basically orders a hit on Yumi and Haruka to basically have them assassinated. So they don't get in, they, they don't get in the way of his rise basically to the, to the top. He basically wants to run the, the criminal underground and, and the country. <laughs> so is this fella the most deplorable fella in the history of, of humankind, by the way, like not only did he just abandon his wife and child, because somebody offered him a better match. He then then decides, well, I'll do that. I'll leave that, and then I'll have them killed as well. Yeah, but I, 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 it's like a good villain, isn't it? Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> you, you've got to have a good villain. You've got to. Yeah, I think given how little he'd featured up until this point, it certainly set his stall out very quickly as to, like, you see what a rotter he actually was. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, well, Chris, you say this is a trope of uh, these kind of Japanese storytelling to have uh, a, a boss presented at the end that you didn't know anything about and he's the big bad really yeah well i think that it does happen doesn't it a lot of japanese okay. rpgs you know you're, you're going up against all you know even happens to some extent in final fantasy 7 you, you're going up against it's like actually he's not your problem yeah let us introduce this new body yeah <laughs> you know it's how you keep going up the kind of scale of evil and all of a sudden, you find that really your, your big enemy is someone who you know nothing about, and now you're just presented with him, and there you go. So I, I absolutely hated this, storytelling-wise, because <laughs> now all of a sudden, the guy that we're after is somebody we don't even know, and they, they have to yeah. quickly make him as evil as humanly possible. So, of course, he's <laughs> trying to kill his own wife and child, and it was just, oh, man, it was a facepalm moment narratively for me. I mean, let's let's say we haven't actually built a proper story we don't really have a villain let's introduce this guy here ah man they, they should have left a lot more little clues to that this was actually the the guy we would be fighting that we would afterwards say ah oh, yeah i see that's what they were building up to but for me this was magic i, I hated it <laughs> storytelling wise yeah they could have maybe go on chris sorry. i don't think it's a good story like i'm not i don't get me wrong but like I'm not. I'm not trying to present. This is not going to win awards for fiction at all. Like I don't. I wouldn't ever say by any objective standard this is good storytelling. I just really enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I, I think yeah. in many respects, within reason. I think they pretty much by this point in the game, they could have taken the story anywhere, and I wouldn't have cared too much to be honest. I did. Yeah. I kind of got everything that I'd wanted to out of this game. I'd really enjoyed it, and 
the story was really just sort of it was almost kind of like superfluous to my enjoyment of it and like I guess I'd accepted mm. it. it was literally going to go anywhere and I was like I, I kind of made my peace with that I think that's yeah. probably it then because I was tired of the combat by then yeah so I was looking for the story to be what what would drive me forward yeah and, and it wasn't really and especially because we had those two big plot points revealed right after each other the first one was oh my god everybody saw that coming so that wasn't really something for me yeah and then we get this which i i actively hate when they I, I again i find that very very lazy storytelling to introduce a big villain here because that we haven't probably probably played up in some way yeah i just found that lazy so yeah really really fell flat for me at this point oh shame and, yeah. and it just so happened that Jingu nicked the Tojo clan's ten billion as well. Mm. Like, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we find out, don't we? Uh, Yumi, Yumi regained her memory, and then Kazumar uh, helped Yumi basically because obviously at, at this point she she tried they tried to assassinate her, it didn't work, but she regained her memory. Yumi, uh, Kazumar helps Yumi, gives her this new identity of Mizuki, and then obviously goes into hiding. And then Haruka gets put into the, the Sunflower Orphanage, which was the orphanage that they were all in when they were when they were her age. Yumi is basically working at the Aries bar, sort of staying close to Haruka and sort of keeping an eye on her as as I think it's like Auntie Mizuki, isn't it? As, as, as a sister sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that just about covers covers it. Because it's quite a lot in it that they, they, they throw at you there. And then at this point, the Shimano family attacks the yacht where they're all sort of they were the, where they're all being sort of going going through it all. The grenades and all sorts start being thrown at the yacht. It gets pretty much destroyed. And then we see Kiryu sort of emerge from the water after jumping from the yacht. Somehow we, we never see him leave, but Haruka, Kazumara, and Terada, they they are, they obviously made it off the yacht and they're they're all fine. And then we get the uh, the Kazumar family reinforcements turn up at this point, and then Kiryu. Yeah, yeah and then Kiryu goes sort of alongside of them and, and and you have to deal with all the henchmen and Shimano as well. But again, I, I really enjoyed this fight. Look, I thought it was a good, good fight. No, no real issues with it. Um, I got, yeah, so got rid of all the henchmen first and then, yeah, ended up one-on-one another, with Shimano. Another easy fight. It was just a fight, right? Yeah. So, so mechanically, does this play like the earlier Shimano fight? No. In the funeral? No. No, I think that that felt a lot more difficult, but I think that was a good chunk of that may have been because we, for me anyway, I wasn't so sure on the mechanics at, at that point. I yeah. think but if I went and did that, powered up now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, a lot of new skills yeah. and moves that really are to your benefit in this. Hmm. Yeah, you felt more powerful for sure compared yeah. to that first fight. Yeah. It's just so easy. This, I mean, that's the problem. So yeah. every one of these battles for me, I mean, so forgettable. You know, Shimano's built up like quite quite a big villain in this game. Mm. Um, it's so easy. Like, yeah, I reckon thirty seconds. Really? Oh God, no! It weren't yeah. that. It weren't that quick. Just one move, one spam, one move, and it was just yeah. It felt okay. That's the other, that is the thing, like the PS, that it, the, the battles just seem really unsatisfying. Okay. It's too easy. No, I think I mean, the battles were easy here as well, but they were long. Yeah, and there was enough in them to get that, at least in my part, some satisfaction at the end of it. Because yeah, yeah. I think all of these, the, the this section of the game that we've played on this final recording here, you were finally getting your hands on 
all of these characters and also you were aware that these were probably going to be your final battles with each of them as well a lot of this stuff has been built up and there's always that satisfaction which is always i think maybe where the introducing jingu obviously so late on and then having him as one of your your main enemies one of the main fights it maybe as you say probably does fall a little bit flat because there's not that shared history there between them where you where you've been waiting to get your hands on them and have that final showdown and then the satisfaction that comes from that I think that's what Matt just said. The point that I think I was going to is they, they have to shock almost with the introduction of these characters by doing telling you something which makes you instantly feel yeah. kind of hatred towards him. But yeah. it's not the same as if no. the big baddie turned out to be someone like Majima for you guys who you'd built up that emotional connection with, you know, right through, throughout the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's from a gameplay standpoint, I think it leads up to as well in terms of giving you that impetus to go and battle um, there was just one very small well one plot point Jim I don't think you mentioned is that Fuma, Sarah and Yumi acting together well why the three of them would act together who knows but they nicked the 10 billion so after Jingu nicked it from the uh, from the Tojo clan they nicked it back off Jingu didn't they yeah did that's it? right so that yeah. but I think all that comes out so we beat in in our version anyway, yeah, he beats true. Shimano and then he throws oh, a pardon. then he throws a grenade which Kazamar sort of jumps in the way of and like sort and, of like fatally wounds him and then he basically tells you, Yeah, it was him, you, me and Sarah who stole the ten billion. Yeah, he, he saves Herika, right? Yes, yeah. yeah, he basically takes a grenade to stop yeah, to stop it hitting yeah. Herika, yeah. I'm I'm no military logistics expert, but I would have thought that um it would take something pretty extraordinary for someone to jump in the way of a hand grenade with the other person <laughs> yeah. to be completely unarmed. It worked yeah. in one of the Chucky films. Was it Chucky 2 it Chucky 3? Oh, where yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the teenagers oh. jumps on top of a grenade to save the others. It's, um, don't don't talk about the Chucky films. I, I still have a nightmare from watching those. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this is where we find out about the who stole the ten billion yen, and then Kazumar hands over this the will, so the the Sarah, Sarah's will, which names the next Tojo chairman, and basically obviously then stops Nishiki from taking over over the clan, and then he admits to Kiryu that the, he set the orphanage up basically as a as as a way to look after the children of people that he'd killed. Um, Kiryu forgives him straight away. So don't yeah, worry, you're all right. Don't worry about uh, it. You're, you're my real dad. No worries. Yeah, you're my it. real dad. He said what? <laughs> yeah, what he says. something along those lines. Yeah, that's it. You're my true father. Yeah, yes. proper, what? proper uh, soap opera stuff. You know, I thought it got away Gosh. with it. I, I liked it, and then he lets out that that scream, don't he? As uh, um, as he as he dies. Hulk smash. Yeah. Like, I'm willing to give this a huge pass just because I'm, I really, really like the story. Like, I, I completely agree with Mads that it's complete and total rubbish of times, but I did really like it, so I'm just willing to just give it a massive pass. Yeah, yeah so... Totally, yeah. 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 Um, and then now, basically, Kiryu has to go off to Ares and, uh, and find Yumi. And so I think we'll put in Chris 1983 a Miss Yama's clip at this point. And I think they had some points as well on the on the cheesy, cheesy bonkers plot. So it's probably a good <laughs> place to, to put them in here. 
Hi guys, it's Chris. Um, Chris1983 on the Discord group. Um, just wanted to share my final thoughts on Yakuza Kiwami. Um, great pick. Good game. Um, not a great game. I think the combat was excellent. The story was uh, obvious, sort of <laughs> soap opera nonsense, as Mads pointed out. I think on balance, I enjoyed this game more than I did uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, the, the turn-based JRPG that I played a couple of years ago. I think that was due to the combat. The combat remained good, not great. Um, I mostly stuck to uh, Brawler and switched up occasionally, but sometimes it was asking you to do things I don't think were particularly fun, uh, like fighting two enemies at once or fighting an enemy with a projectile weapon while the a load of lower level enemies were attacking you. Um, the final boss was was pretty good. Uh, I just sidestepped him and punched him into oblivion, even though I couldn't uh, stop him from regenerating because I hadn't unlocked the required skills. Because uh, I hadn't done all of the because uh, I hadn't done all the uh, Majima everywhere levels. Because um, I just got really tired of wandering around looking for him. Uh, I think. I would probably go on to play some of the other games in the series after a break, but definitely looking forward to the next game that's coming up. Uh, I platinum to Rising Zero Dawn last year. Um, spent like 70 hours playing that game. Absolutely loved it. So I'm really looking forward to getting the PS5 uh, fired up and, and starting on uh, Horizon Forbidden West and the DLC. And that's all for now. Thanks, guys. Um, and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye. Hi everyone, it's Stephen, aka Mitsuyama on Discord, with some comments on Yakuza. I was playing the Kiwami remake on the Xbox Series X. This was my first Yakuza game, and I went into it knowing very little about the series. At first I wasn't that impressed with it, but once I got past the first three chapters to the open world free roaming sections, I was hooked. I don't know what it is about games like this that triggers the completionist in me, but once I saw there were locker keys and Mesokin cards to find and collect, I knew that I was in trouble. If a game presents me with a list of things to do, then I'm going to be the sucker that tries to complete as much of it as I can. Consequently, I spent a lot of time in the game finding the collectibles, ticking off the sub-stories, playing mini-games and unlocking the abilities. The only things I didn't engage with much were the gambling games. If there isn't real money at stake, that I'm just not interested. All these extra activities meant that it worked well as a playthrough game because once I'd reached a checkpoint in the main story there was still plenty to do in the game while waiting for the next part to start. A large part of the game is obviously the combat and I thought the fighting system worked well. Having four styles to switch between brings some variety to the fights. At first I found myself just butter mashing and relying on energy drinks to get past the trickier fights but as I unlocked more abilities and became more familiar with the various styles I found that I was relying less on the drinks and the fights became more satisfying as a result. The heat actions are gruesome fun and feature a wide variety of bone crushing attacks. I found that managing the heat gauge was key to beating some of the bosses, so rather than clearing the mobs before focusing on the boss, I found that using the mobs to build up the heat gauge and then unleashing the heat action on the boss before returning to the mobs to rebuild the heat gauge was a good tactic to use. Unlocking the abilities and using the different gear items and weapons also help with the trickier fights, especially the items that stop you from being staggered or knocked down when attacked with various weapons. If you use the tools that the game makes available to you, then you're never going to find yourself at an impasse. 
However, if all else fails, you can still chug those drinks. One of the highlights of the game for me are the interactions with Goro Majima. While I'll admit to actively trying to avoid some of the fights once I reached the triple S level, I really enjoyed the encounters that occurred when playing the mini-games or taking part in other activities. I thought his dialogue was well written and some of the interactions were laugh out loud funny, especially when he sneaks into the photo booth with you or when he confronts you when browsing magazines in a store. It was always a pleasant surprise when he popped up during the mini-games and beating him at the slot car racing and Messer King was very satisfying. Overall, this is a solid 8 out of 10 game for me and although I've had my fill of it for the moment, this is a series that I'll definitely be returning to in the future. So, shall we uh, Shall we bring it home? Chapter 13, oh, the yeah. end of the battle. Mm-hmm. I loved this chapter. Just before we go in, I just wanted to say that. I loved the pacing as well. I thought it was, it was really, really well paced. It was one boss fight, boss fight that was a bit annoying, which we will definitely have a little chat about. Because I know that wound up a, a good few people on the on the Discord, but we're back mm. in Camarocco now, and headed for for Aries. Date calls, telling you to stop by the Stardust Club before you go anywhere, and then this is basically like the game's way of sort of telling you to sort of stock up on supplies, because yeah. like it's it's basically like this is like your your point of no return sort of thing. Yeah, it's not, it's not no. <laughs> you can no, go off and just... frolic, I think, if you want. But it... yeah, all the chops are still open yeah. and everything. Yeah, but it feels like they it... have some kind of change of heart, you know, like when hmm. they intended it to be more linear, and then we're like, oh, okay, don't know. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I, I mean, I didn't do any frolicking. Like I say, no, at this point, I, I was, no. I was just straight yeah. off. Yeah, when you come, you when you come out of. Um, when you come out of the club, I thought there was a nice little interaction between Kiryu and Harika. So obviously found out now that Yumi's a mum and he says like, yeah, she doesn't know what to call her. And he says, yeah, it's all right. You can, you can call her mum. And I was like, yes, yeah. I was on board. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was in. And then basically he gets set on by Nishki's men. Uh, they, they come basically to, to take him out. And then uh, Harika says, beat him up, mister. I was like, I, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm warm, to, I'm warm to Hurricane now. But yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah. It's just a. This is a. Just a, this was a good little fight. I thought basically it's just uh, like groups, isn't it? You get about like I think it's about four or five group group attacks basically. Um, but yeah, no real issues. Yeah, thank, thank you for as many as were in the cutscene. In the cutscene, it looked like you were literally about to fight dozens oh, and no. dozens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> some of them I was actually some slightly of... disappointed that they yeah. divided them into small groups because this was just like walking down the street. Yeah, I want a you, mass you get, brawl. You get those five fights by walking uh, 300 meters anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think... And then it lets you walk there, and you can then get another sort of yes. four or five fights in yes. the random battles anyway. <laughs> exactly. I'm wondering if because we we fought massive groups like on the harbour, didn't we? So mm. I'm wondering if it's purely just because of where we were, they couldn't they couldn't do it. Yeah, you say we fought massive groups though, Jim, but did we? Like I think it gave the illusion of you fighting. Yeah, maybe. I don't think you ever do fight more than it's certainly on the PS2 version. Like in the cutscene, there was a big massive gang. And then actually, when it boiled down to the fight, there was only four or five goons at one time. Attacking you I think at one time. Yeah, was, maybe, yeah. And that harbour scene, at least, there was probably, what, 16 characters? Mm. 
Something that I would have thought. That we're yeah, all but maybe there's only time. sort of four or five attacking you at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Are, yeah, are the attacking characters interacting with you, like you know, or are they just following their own kind of almost sort of? Or they were fighting. Yeah, they were fighting amongst themselves. But then obviously you yeah. could yeah. then go and kind of interject in their own little battle, and then they would focus on you instead but yeah they were obviously sort of going through some sort of predetermined routine and then you could whether or not you interrupted that I think but it is different in the PS2 but it's noticeably thinner actually right. once you come out of the, the cutscene the mechanics also just aren't good enough for group battles like you the, the, getting surrounded in this game on the PS2 version is one of the most frustrating things because you can't lock on and you can't mm. Like you can't easily change direction once you're locked into the animation, so it, it would drive you nuts. But then I if think if too many if like you're you. using the beast mode again, yeah. that's not in the PS2 version, yeah, is it? You wouldn't want to be locked on if you're in the beast mode, would you? No, that, that, that's probably your savior in these situations because you can it allows you to change direction mid swing, doesn't it? So you mm. can kind of you can almost do a 360 taking people out as you as, as you yeah. you can just basically keep button mashing, but change direction based on where enemies are it's the best yeah, way to, yeah. to clear these groups out and quite satisfying mm-hmm. as well yeah I would have done this slightly differently so I would have made this a very linear series of events that took you right into the Millennium Tower rather than just giving you these few battles and then leaving you to kind of head there yourself mm. where you could go inside quest and frolic here if you didn't want to kind of be true to the story I would have done it like a bit more of a dramatic, almost almost kind of interactive cutscene where they make their way to the. I think I'd, I think that would have kind of felt better for the pacing. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. So I was like yeah. paranoid at this point as well that I was going to end up in like some boss fights without any health packs. So after after like this, I was like straight off then back to the shop yeah. to get health packs. Back to the and, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because, like you say, we do now. We go off to the Millennium, Millennium Tower, and then we have this section with Kiryu fighting off against uh, the the MIA in the Millennium Tower. On basically, they're on different floors of the building, which you trigger the fights by going up up or down the escalators. Yeah, this was like a little bit annoying, but purely because some That's of them have got well, have got guns, so they'll shoot you yeah. when you're like mid mid like combo or something had like you that. learned the heat move for disarming people had you from yeah. from kamaki where you could just run up to people and press y and he basically oh, disarmed no no oh, i don't think it's I did. so useful in this section because yes. yep. the uh you, right away you it takes a huge i think a few of the guys actually almost took out instantly but if, if they're holding a knife or a gun or whatever he runs mm. up and instantly disarms them and gives them that, like a really powerful blow at the same time it was yeah worth its weight in gold yeah. for this section without that this section must have been infuriating really. yeah it'd be a lot be, harder you'd constantly be taken out of your combos yeah like getting shot i guess was that an early one that you unlock because i'm sure i did yeah, I think that was the second move. Was it? The, the, this was Kamaki that you learned it from. You know, yeah, outside yeah. in Purgatory. Yeah, it was the second or third move that you learned from him. I, I'm certain I learned it somewhere else. Actually, did you? I never oh, maybe... actually trained with him. Okay, maybe I'm getting that wrong then. Hmm. I'm trying to think where that might have been. I never Is found that. Brian? I'm pretty sure that he. Unless was Kamaki involved in the story mode at all? Was he? Did you? Do any story events with him because I remember there was the, there was a guy that you fight just next to the fountain there in Purgatory, 
and okay. that was your chance to practice. I think they had baseball bats, and I think yes, it, it, it works for all the stuff like that. Maybe that was just a unless that was another I, character. I feel certain I, I picked it up somewhere else because I never found. I think you need a wooden katana That's to right. actually start. Yes, that was it. Them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I yeah. never found that, so I never unless uh, I never even started yeah. training with them. Yeah, I don't remember. In fact, actually, yeah. Mm. But I had that disarming move as well. It was really helpful here. Hmm. Looks like I missed a trick with that one then. Mm. We, we we fight as we're fighting those. We get a cutscene showing Date and Sudo. They're working together now. So Sudo's been investigating Jingu, and he's found out about the ten billion yen as well. So he's he they, they, they were they, he's been money laundering. So Date Date's come good, and he now he's uh he's he's got him back on side. All's forgiven. All's forgiven, yeah. Yeah. And then we go back to Ares at this point and we get the we see the reunion between Yumi, Haruko and Kiryu. Quite cheesy in it, but again I, I enjoyed nice. it. I thought it yeah. was nice, yeah. So I, and and it looked like we were gonna get a happy ending, didn't it, as well? This I knew you don't like that. It's nice, isn't it? Har- Haruka's remarkably resilient, isn't she? She is, bless her, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, look yeah. at who her dad is though. She's She's nothing phases her, does it? Absolutely yeah. nothing. She's just got that that one expression. Nothing, yeah. nothing yeah. phases her. <laughs> yeah, it gets worse for poor Haruka though, it doesn't it? Does, it, because... it does, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so Jingu arrives. Basically, Jingu helicopters in on onto the scene, uh, and he goes to shoot Haruka as a, as a and Kiryu jumps in the way and takes the bullet. And then Jingo, in in true James Bond villain style, basically reveals his whole dastardly plan and his whole scheme, <laughs> what he's planning. And he was, uh, yeah, he's going to use the bent the ten billion yen to basically buy his way to power. And um, the Omi Alliance would get the ten billion yen. The Tojo Clan would be destroyed, and then he'd control organized crime and the country. So it's some ambition there in there. I love that. Is that like Boris Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I enjoyed the, uh, the like, like you say, the James Bond villain, like this, you know, revealing everything. But I've just got to, got to get rid of Kiryu first. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and his daughter and, and his wife. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And a few others. Yeah. And then he'll, all, he'll be sounder. Yeah. <laughs> but there's this point, uh, Terada arrives. So he, he is, he's on obviously on your side now. He arrives to even the numbers, but he's been betrayed by his own men. So they basically secretly aligned with uh, Jingu um, to take down the Tojo clan. And it's it's not looking good at this point for Kiryu. But you so is, this, is, this, is this where Date arrives in the in his helicopter as well? Where, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, what a letdown he turned out. <laughs> what a waste <laughs> of space. <laughs> yeah, well, it just sums Date up though, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, he gets shot. His helicopter gets shot by like a nine millimeter gun. It's like yeah, we're going it. down. Yeah, he's like, we've got to go. Yeah, they basically yeah. hover there, shout at them through the megaphone, and then get shot and have to go and land before they crash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I'm not quite sure. It's no, it's never apparent which one it is actually is the pilot or actually has in any way any ability to actually fly it. Oh, don't ask questions. Yeah, no. <laughs> don't question minor, it. Yeah, another minor plot point. Uh, does, are, are either of you actually qualified to fly a helicopter? Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, just just go along with it. Yeah. You just need a megaphone. That's all you need. Yeah. 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 
I think there was also the point where they were talking to Kiryu through the megaphone, but they were also able to hear him talking back to them inside the <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> it maybe worked one way, but not the other. <laughs> Unless it that'd be a good might be good lip readers. Yeah, this 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 is the point where uh, Yumi basically steps in now. So she's she's got a plan to save the day. Basically, she's got a detonator and tells Jingu that if uh, if he kills them, she's going to blow up his ten billion yen. And then it's at this point now where Kiryu shows Jingo, Jingu the will and announces yeah. that he's going to be the next chairman of the Tojo clan. And then yes. that leads into Come the fight. On. But he sort of leads it in, then he put, shows him the will. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm like the next chairman. I was like, yes, yeah. go on, Kiryu. And then yeah, it, I've always put in my chest at this point. And I was like, yes, come on! Yeah, so then we go into the first, the first sort of stage of the fight. No real issues here, is it? It's just sort of henchmen, I think, that we that we deal with first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll clear the Around, path. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And then there's there's no sort of real issues with this. And then basically after this, we have to head up to the roof to fight uh, Jingu. On the way, there's loads of health packs. I'm guessing the same in yours, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I couldn't pick any of them up because I hadn't. I'd stocked up. Yeah. I hadn't really used any on um, on the boat after eleven. Yeah. So I was um, at, or after twelve on the on the in the wharf. So by this point, I was full, full of really powerful health supplements. I didn't pick anything yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. As as we go up as well, we're so we're taking on henchmen as we're working our way up to the to the roof. And then when we get to the roof, we fight uh, Jingu himself. But he's got two sort of top level henchmen with him that have got guns. And my word, oh my word, was this was this like? I think everyone struggled with this, didn't they? Or I don't think anyone really enjoyed it from from going off the what the feeling was on the Discord. I think. The f- because you'd be you'd be trying to deal with one, you'd be mid combo, and it's that same problem in it. You getting shot, and then that interrupts the combo. But I'm guessing yeah. the disarming move doesn't work on this. No, and no. Who's got guns? Yeah. It's colonels, it's sergeants, or yeah. colonels, yeah. or whatever they are. Yeah. Oh, so they don't have guns on the PS2 version. They have knives. So they've got oh, knives okay. after the first round. Ra- I think they've got guns for the first round, and then if you bother to take their health down first. You basically mm. knock both of them out, and then they get back up again after a minute. Yeah. After you've done a certain amount of damage sure. to Jingu, and this yeah. time they've got knives, and then okay. you have to take them out yeah, all. If you want, you've got to take them out all over again to permanently take them right, out of the yeah. fight. But mm. the um, this was yeah, this was not a fun. This is probably actually one of the few battles that I there wasn't really any enjoyment in it for me. If only because this was getting to the point of I, this is my final play session where I was trying to wrap up before I went on a holiday. Mm. And uh, I died the first attempt at it, and I actually died quite early on. And I thought I'm I'm actually going to really struggle. I don't think I'm going to have time to get through this. And it's that way where we talked about it before. You know, when you come back into a fight and you end up, the more times it takes you to do something, the more you start to rush it and stop doing what you should be doing yeah, to get through yeah. it, and actually less time in the end. But it, it just felt it feels very unbalanced i think because of the way it works with these two kernels it just it doesn't for me it didn't work i, th- I thought it felt very it just felt unfair a bit yeah i think it's it, funny because you guys love the fighting uh, yeah and, and i i really didn't gel with it at the, in the end but for me this was just yet another fight 
this wasn't worse than any of the others. This wasn't better than any of the others. I just yeah, I thought this I one this up. one felt quite different. Good. There was there was very little enjoyment. In this I think because you were ultimately okay. never able to get a hold of somebody, or actually, I I wasn't good enough basically to. I, I'm sure there are techniques that could be employed here that would work, and I'm sure there's some great videos of it as well, but. Mm. I, I just couldn't figure it out or whatever I was trying to do, yeah. whatever I'd done that had worked at every in every fight up until this point in the game suddenly wasn't working anymore. And mm. no matter who you targeted, one or the other would or both would end up getting you, unfortunately. It was a bit frustrating. So I, I'd just uh, constantly be running back and forth between them because you didn't want to reach one of them and the other one would shoot you or get up yeah. uh, behind you. So I'd just be running back and forth, dispatching of them and then uh, hitting on Jin, Jingu for yeah. a while and then back to that again but I, I, I didn't die here at all it was just yeah I, I, I was rushing it and it definitely kind of it definitely spoiled the fight for me a wee bit but it didn't sound, I think even if I hadn't been it still doesn't sound like it was a particularly enjoyable fight no lots of people on Discord didn't like it yeah I think as well that with with them re like coming back to life if you like that was the problem that was that was yeah. the one I, mm. if they hadn't done that and they'd have let you have this one on one fight you do obviously get a one-on-one fight because they don't come back after the second time you beat them. But if you'd have had that one-on-one fight then with Jingu, it could have been really good. You didn't like a little enclosed, you're on a rooftop obviously, but it could have been like a little virtua fighter type. I was literally about to say, yeah, that's exactly what it brings back memories of, yeah. Yeah, you would have to. Really you'd good. have to be allowed to. You'd have to be allowed to give him a ring out at the end, though. That'd be the only condition. Yes, so that's the case. definitely. But then uh, what comes later obviously wouldn't work. True. Don't yeah. you feel that it must, it must be hard to design these kind of you know these ultimate boss battles in these games when you don't have any supernatural elements? So they can't do that thing like in Resident Evil where it's the same baddie you've been fighting the whole game, but here he is with wings and claws and mm. big teeth and everything else. And <laughs> yeah. like because this doesn't have that, like they need to do something, yeah, and they do it you. a little bit with the very final battles about not allowing you any weapons or anything. So mm. they need to do something to make you feel special. And I suppose the thing that they chose to do, which is exactly the same on the PS2 version, is these goons that he's there with. You know, if this was just where you just knock down the goons, who on the PS2 version aren't particularly difficult or take a long time to, to knock down, if it was just the case that you just put them down and then focused on Jingu, like it would have just been a, this is just the same as almost every other battle in the game. It's completely unmemorable. And whilst it was, I still found it, you know, quite easy. I did do, I killed them once. They got back up. I was like, okay, that's weird. I killed them again, and they got back up, and I was like, oh, clearly this is, uh, they're just going to keep getting up. Yeah. So when I look back on this game, it is the battle, as well as the battle on the roof with Arase, the battle that I will remember most is probably this one, just because it did something different. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, when, when we do beat him, again, like this, Kiryu at this point must have killed like so many people. This guy is like Jingu. He's like the baddest of the bad. He's tried to kill Haruko. He's tried (laughs) to kill Yumi. He is as bad as it gets. Like, I know we've not sort of been, we've not been aware of him for that long, but he is, he is like as bad as it gets. Surely you, Kiryu would just pick up a gun, wouldn't he? And, and put one in him. (laughs) But he doesn't, he just leaves him on the rooftop. And then we've got a heart of gold. Yeah, well, it's, it's undoing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> he, he goes at this point. You you have you have beaten him, and he just sort of leaves him, leaves him, uh, leaves Jingu for dead on the rooftop. And then we head back downstairs for a, an, another reunion 
with Haruka and, and Yumi. And then it's at this point, Nishki arrives. Everyone see this coming? Yeah, I kind of did. Yeah. I thought that I didn't think that would be the end. I thought I did think if Nishki doesn't come back here, like there's going to be a real kind of what happened to him. Yeah, I, I was almost I wasn't surprised when he walked in. Yeah, I, I, was, I was kind really of expecting a, walk in and, a redemption sorry? arc there with maybe yeah, with Jingu. Exactly. I was hoping he was going to come in and say, you know. Uh, Kiryu's on his, you know, on his about to take his last breath with Jingu about to take him out or whatever. Nishki comes in and saves the day and ends up taking a bullet for him or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I was hoping something along those lines would happen actually, but uh, I was kind of disappointed with what actually happened. Yeah, and I think given what does happen, it, to me it would seem a bit more. No, <laughs> I'm not sure why I'm talking about why it matters, what seems more plausible. Um, clearly that's not something that applies to this game. But nope. it would have seemed more plausible within what we have seen of all of the characters is that Nishki is basically... He's, he'd be much better at taking a bullet than he would be at having a fight with Kiryu, that's for sure, because we've, yeah. seen, we've seen nothing about that side of things. So it's kind no. of to have him as the, the final opponent seems a little bit... Of a it would have been good with a redemption arc as well because uh, one thing we know for sure is that Nishki really likes Yumi. Uh, yeah. He actually shot a guy just to save her, uh, so so he definitely likes her. So him working with Jingu is what well, boggles the mind. Of course, that that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So no. a redemption arc where he comes and and figures out that this is what's going on. He's been stupid. He didn't know about Jingu and and Yumi and, and so on, and now he sees that. Jingu is trying to kill Yumi and Haruka. Of course, he would then be, want to to help her instead. Yeah, yeah. But this this just doesn't make any sense, even in this stupid soap story. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he but he basically says, doesn't he? Before you have the fight, you have like a bit of a conversation with him, and he says he knew all uh, this. Nishiki says all along that he knew what what Jingu was up to him, and he was like, yeah, what, exactly. What, and he was like, how, one how step ahead of him the whole time. Um, and then. The only other thing I would say that as well, this is this 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 battle between them is foreshadowed by you know the um, the tattooist. Yes, that's yeah. it. The, the so, dragon yeah. and the, uh, the yes. was it? Yeah, the dragon yeah. and the koi, the koi, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We get that CW where he says, "Oh, he's building up, and in order, you know, he will need one day to prove himself against against you." So. I, t- I suppose, kind of having Nishki's kind of arc end with a. This is my ultimate. Although he'd obviously been beaten up a few chapters earlier by um, by Kazuma, I don't know. I quite like the spectacle of this final battle, like with them, you know, with their tattoos out. That's and, it. Oh, it's awesome. Come off there, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed thing. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I no, think no, 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 no. Nobody enjoyed this fight. Seriously. Yeah, no, oh, I enjoyed this. Yeah. this is, yeah, yeah. This. Oh, so, I, I, I thought oh, all of the fights in terms of like how the actual. The build-up to it, I thought this was actually the best fight in terms of like the, the the opening sequence and kind of everything you want to see. Where it's you know, like I say, basically tops off tattoos out and you know yeah. proper dust up. Um, I I, I was yes, even, even though there was not really kind of I didn't necessarily buy into the fact of how accomplished Nishki was. I, I was all for the actually having the fight itself. I thought I, mm, I really yeah. enjoyed that side of things. This was the worst fight in the entire game for me. It took almost half an hour. He has like, uh, what is it, 47 yeah, he, health bars? Yeah, he does bars, have a few health bars, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I tried to get him down, he'd get magically up again. And 
I, I nothing I did really worked apart from butting, button mashing and drinking cocktails. And if I died after 27 minutes, I would not have picked up that controller again. I yeah. hated this game at this point. So I was so happy when he finally, on the first try, died and I could just get on with this because, man, that was bad. It was, yeah... I mean, you could do a lot of damage quick, spectacular. Just... The build-up was good, but there was nothing spectacular about this fight, apart from his oh, quick-time uh, events. There was something very spectacular about this fight. The infuriating thing in the world. Oh, the, the Fist of the North Star slash Dragon Ball Z style section where you just button mashing and the two you're just going oh that was you throwing him you throwing him through that glass glass wall panel. I, I think all in I had that. loads of um, there's loads of interactables you can use like to get him around I the head with hundred street fights and... that were more funny than this where I could like uh, put people's heads in the in the car doors or something like that. This was boring. But you could do but you could time. do all that with this one if you got and because I, I had loads of stamina juice as well so yeah. and, and a good like good stamina stamina bar by this point as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I did too, but, but yeah, oh well. Yeah, I mean, it felt climactic, you know what I mean? Like, mm. it felt felt like... I I would have been disappointed if the game had ended after the Jingu battle. Like, that would have felt disappointed to me if that was the final battle. Mm. Like, this felt like a suitable end to the game. And I there was some sort of cinematic moments in the PS2 version as well. Yeah, same in this one. And, yeah. and I, I don't know, it felt... It felt like a satisfying end. Although, to be honest, I mean, again, it was fe- it was very easy. You hate this, Mads, but Nishki had just just the one health bar. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that version. Give me that version. I think it was, it was six in this version. I think it was six. It was a lot. Wasn't it, it was probably mechanically the most difficult battle in the game, though, because he he had his own heat kind of thing so he mm. kind of he started glowing as well and when he did he kind of started doing these attacks which did make you think okay well I've got to read those at least I've got to do something where mm. when he charges up like that I've got to shift and whereas the, re- the rest of them you know, there's not even any of that so yeah. it did feel like okay well there is something here to work out and then and then to defeat I will- so it did see an element of skill I will say his um, his his climax moves are, are tied to the to the dragon, dragon fight style. style. Yeah. And yeah. if you yeah. haven't done the Majimar anywhere to a certain level, you won't have unlocked those climax moves. And oh, so he probably he'll, that would be as my well problem as, because yeah, I, I so left as, Matthew Mar because I hated fighting him, so I left him under the traffic cone. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as well I, as I, having I must those, have had a rank F in that Majima everywhere. Still thing. there, yeah. 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 So as well as there. having those six health bars, he's also going to like replenish a little bit, even if you pummel him and yes. don't. Yeah. Not not a little bit, a lot. Yeah. He was really good at replenishing himself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's probably where that maybe, time difference came from. Mads, been... I think. Sorry. I think that'll be where the time difference came from in terms of how long that fight lasted for you, because yeah, I'm, I think uh, yeah, right. if you were able to just use these climax heat moves, then it's um, you yeah. you basically would just carry on the fight at the point you were at. Because there's nothing more frustrating. I've had it in other fights where if you are not paying attention or if you're kind of a bit further away from them when they start to recharge, it's so demoralising just watching that health bar fill back up again, yeah. and you, yeah, you literally yeah. can't get across yeah. quick enough to start to basically trying to. At least, at least arrest the uh, their recovery rather than. F- funny thing though, I, I didn't actually on purpose stop the Majima everywhere thing. It, it, he just went into that traffic cone somewhere. I never found it, I, and I, I didn't try to avoid it in any way. So, so 
this game just didn't take me by the hand and actually give me the skills I needed for that final uh, final. Fight. Yeah, which is yeah, that's probably a bit of a, a shortcoming, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I would have I even if I had found the traffic cone, I would have started that fight and then continued because I wanted to see what the the magic everywhere thing was as well. But I just never found him. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame that because it it was it was it was enjoyable. It was yeah, you do see you do end up like I said before like with the zombie stuff, and you do end up seeing some some pretty wacky mm. wacky stuff. Yeah. yeah. When we when we do beat Nishki, he sort of just collapses onto his back again. He's not. We don't think he's dead, but he sort of just collapses onto his back, and uh, Yumi comes running over to Kiryu, and um, and basically she opens this pendant. So the whole game we've been. Wondering what's in this pendant, and it turns out all along there's a picture of Kiryu. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant, but so disappointing as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I was expecting to be in there, but yeah. It certainly wasn't that, that's for sure. It certainly wasn't that, yeah. (laughs) Made me laugh out loud, though, actually, just the cheesiness of it. Yeah. 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 She, uh, She says, doesn't she, that even though she had amnesia, she could still remember Kiryu's face, but she didn't know who he was. And then that's how she ended up. She showed a bit of weakness and that's how she ended up with, uh, with, with Jingu. And then she gave this pendant to Haruka because she treasured it so much. And then it's at this point then that she puts the pendant into this lock mechanism and it opens up the safe to, to reveal the missing 10 billion yen. And she says she's basically just going to destroy it all. Money shouldn't exist, and she's uh, she's going to destroy it all. And then she Quite a spectacular pile of money, isn't it? It is. Oh, yeah. yeah, she ba- yeah she basically um, arms the bomb and puts it in the safe. And at this point, Jingu reappears. So I said we should have he should have dealt with him, thrown him off the roof, or he yep. should have done something, but he didn't. Jingu appears and shoots Kiryu in the leg. And then he goes, basically goes to put one into into Kiryu. And at this stage, Haruka jumps in front of him. And I was like, oh no. I knew Kiryu. I knew- Come on, go on, do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew Haruka was in later games, but I didn't know how, obviously know how it was going to play out. Um, so yeah, Haruka jumps in front of him. And then the next thing we hear is a gunshot. And then the camera pans back and Yumi steps in front of Haruka and, and taken the bullet. But again, like we said earlier with the grenade, I think at that range, the bullet's probably just going to rip through all three of them, probably. (laughs) Yeah, Never mind, don't question it. Don't question it, Jimbo. It is what it is. Um, And so, yeah, it looks like Jingu's going to get the money after all. Uh, He's sort of starting to walk over to the money and and he's looking like the cat that got the cream, as it were. But Nishki, this is is the redemption arc because Nishki's got other ideas and he, he's basically clutching a knife and runs up and stabs, plow, like plunges it into uh, into into Jingu and says, like taking him out is his responsibility. And then basically uh, he, you see him, he points a gun at, at the bomb. And then the next thing we, we see is this gun going off and then this huge explosion, this massive, massive explosion at the top of the Millennium Tower where they all are. And then it shows off one section of the Millennium Tower. <laughs> we see all the people but below. The guys the... are standing just outside the door. There. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. Don't question it, Mads. Don't question it. No, the, um, no. <laughs> you see all the people at the bottom of the Millennium Tower, don't you? And it starts raining, raining money. 
Brilliant. Yeah, I, I, liked, I liked it. It was yeah, not yeah, good. Yeah, I really I liked it. it. Yeah. I thought it was a good ending. Like huge plot plot holes, obviously, but it was entertaining. Yeah. yeah. And then it's it's after this bit that it, it cuts to uh, Kiryu, Yumi, and Haruka, and they're somewhere in the wreckage of the the Millennium Tower. And Yumi's dying, basically. Kiryu tells her that he's sorry for never saying how he felt back back all those years ago. And he gives her back this ring that he's had with the, with her, that he gave her right at the back of the start, that he gave her for her birthday that was sort of engraved with her, with her name and that. Um, how did they survive the blast? Who knows? Who knows? Magic. We saw, the, we saw the gun go off, didn't we? But we don't know what the time, maybe there was a, a time difference between the gun going off and them getting out the building. What? That's probably how, really, well, that's really how they retcon it in these, really in these things, bullets. isn't it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what you didn't see was, yeah, there was like five minutes where he, where he stood there with the gun pointed at the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> that would be in the next one, maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, so yeah, uh, he... he she she basically after after this she says that all she ever wanted ten years ago was to see Kiryu again and and she got a wish and then she turns to Haruka and tells her to never run away from her from her problems or she'll miss out on happiness like she did and and with that she she dies. I thought it was quite moving. It's very soap opera, isn't it? And then he lets <laughs> out so Kiryu lets <laughs> out that yummy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I didn't. I found it entertaining. Like I did, I was mm. I was absolutely glued to it. I did find it. I didn't find it sad. Oh, I mean, it's any given some well, of the I games that we've played. Sad. You know, where there, there has been heartfelt tears at the end of some of the games we've played. I was oh, not. I, mean, crying. Yeah, I was not, not crying uh, at the end of this game. That's for sure. No. But it was. No. Yeah, it had it. It had an effect. You know, it was. It was what it was. But uh, yes, it could certainly <laughs> left a lot to be desired about kind of really having that. Emotional gut punch impact that some oh, other games I th- have played. I thought, yeah, I yeah, thought but it was. Did you have a tingling in your idea? Yeah, you can hear Haruka shouting, "Mummy, can't you?" In the yeah, you're all heartless. I was always you're thinking, as I wish he bloody got into that room <laughs> with the money and going <laughs> to the last of us. She just for, just found the mum slash auntie slash mum yeah. slash alive then not alive then dead and <laughs> poor girl poor girl it's absolutely <sighs> bonkers but it was dead entertaining though. this end was you know I had a smile on my face the whole way through it was yeah, yeah. So, some... and, and then he gets a bit of Frank Sinatra <laughs> yeah well we get a bit more plot don't we because the police arrive at this stage um, the police oh, arrive yeah. to arrest Kiryu with Date and Sudo and Kiryu says, basically, yeah, he's got nothing left to live for. He'll, he'll go to jail. And a Dati steps, Date stands up, don't he? And says, look, look, look behind you. Um, and he says, don't run away. He says, if you go to prison, who's going to look after after Haruka? And then, so, uh, then we get another jump after this. Kiryu has taken cheer and retired it the same day. And comes running yeah. out of the uh, the headquarters, the Tojo clan uh, headquarters. Jumps in a jumps in the car with Date, who speeds away, and then he says, "Yeah, I've retired the chair, and um, I've handed it over to Terida, who's going to be the new yeah. chairman." And then Date drives him to Camarocco, where he uh, they they sort of go they go their own separate ways. Date's off to live with his daughter, and then. Um, yeah, Kiryu's basically going to look after after Haruka. 
Dad, Daddy Kirillian. Yeah, Uncle Kaz. Uncle Kaz now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so <laughs> we Kaz. we see we see a little bit with um Kiryu he's he's gone over to get get Haruka and there's um there's a mum and a and a daughter on the high street they're chatting about I think it's Santa they're chatting about Santa Claus. And uh, she says, yeah, Santa Claus might come this year. And then at the end, it sort of fades out with Kiryu and uh, Haruka talking. And uh, Kiryu, uh, Haruka asks Kiryu if uh, if he believes in, in Santa Claus or if he ever believed in Santa Claus. And then the screen fades out. Yeah. And we get a very nice rendition of Amazing Grace. Yes. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it's not Frank Sinatra. Where did I get my wife? I was thinking my wife, but it's not what he said. Yeah, well, no, I don't know. Uh, it was, yeah, it's amazing, amazing Grace. Grace I didn't know version. if it was... Yeah, it's yeah. A, a very sort of... A, a very, to my ears at least, a, a sort of a very kind of Japanese kind of pop star kind of ballad version of Amazing Grace. But it's, yeah. It's, yeah. I got like. I really it liked it. I really yeah. liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we really liked it. And then before we go into our final thoughts, I thought we'd, we've got two more listener clips. So we've got Aaron Morpin and Reese Wynn, and they are basically like chalk and cheese on this game. And I thought it was a really good way of, of sort of, of, of ending and like summing it up, really. How, like, yeah, you've got these, these, they're in total opposite camps with, with the game. So yeah, I'll hand over to Aaron Morpin and, uh, and Reese Wynn, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on, on the game. Konbanwa, this is Marb and Aaron with some thoughts on Yakuza Kiwami, Yakuza Kiwami, Ryugago Tok Kiwami. I've been fairly vocal on the Discord group, this just isn't my type of game. Arena fighters, games where you press different button combinations for different attacks, combos, I struggle to find any enjoyment with them, and it was the same here. Yakuza Kiwami is a step up. You fight multiple enemies at once, and sometimes that was interesting, especially in later levels. Um, you had to prioritize taking out enemies with guns, for example, um, and that was sometimes fun. But I did not like this game, and let me preface my comments by saying I know I didn't play the game as it was intended. I don't like experimenting with different attacks and moves and fighting styles. I like doing one or two dependable attacks again and again and again. That's me. Up until the first half of the game, my criticism was going to be that every single fight fell between one of two extremes, either trivially easy or ridiculously difficult, and there was nothing in between. I used rush style for 99% of the fights throughout the game, and I was tearing through enemies like they were wet tissue paper. I mean, I was shredding them like I was a paper shredder. And then I showed up to the Majima Batting Center boss fight at the end of Chapter 5 with a few random reward energy syrups and three bags of dog food, and he handed my ass to me again and again. None of my usual fight tactics did a thing. And these had carried me through the game. I mean, I'd been steamrolling guys like I was a steamroller. Majima had a sequence of six or seven attacks with his baseball bat, and if I got anywhere near him during the sequence, I would get hit, and I would take every subsequent hit in the sequence. He was a brick wall. He took me over an hour to get past. Thankfully, at least until the very end of the game, that was the only such brick wall, and actually, in the latter half of the game, I found a few boss fights to be challenging, but not impossible. Most fights remained trivially easy, but the odd boss fight here and there gave me a run for my money, 
without feeling frustratingly insurmountable. And I did enjoy those. Let's talk about quick time events. This game has them occasionally in boss fights, and they suck. In the final fight against Nishikiyama, he was easy to dodge around behind and punch in the back. I kicked his ass until a certain quick time event fired. I failed it and lost the fight. That happened six times. You've already given me 300 button combinations to use to fight with. Don't test me on whether or not I know my controller to fight. Just because of that quick time event, I disliked this game. And at that point, I was already hate playing it just to see it end. Kiryu is the dullest guy in the world. I was curious how this gangster with a heart of gold was going to lead a crime family without the threat of murder to back up his extortion racket, but due to the plot, the game never went there. That's fine. You gotta love Kiryu taking Haruka to a gambling den and a brothel, and after she was grazed by a bullet to not a hospital. I was also curious how the less competent friend Nishikiyama became a turncoat and threat during the 10 years of Kiryu's incarceration, but the game's explanation fell flat, at least to me. Basically, Nishikiyama just snapped, and I guess went from loser to badass in one moment. How did he get so good at fighting? Never explained. Him being the final boss is weird. In the game, he doesn't earn being the final boss. Okay, um, I lived in Japan for many years, and I definitely experienced some, in Japanese you'd say natsukashi, or nostalgic feelings while running around Kamurocho, for the general ambiance and food items and convenience stores, the storefronts, and so on. Kamurocho is a fairly good representation of Kabukicho. Of course, Tokyo is one of the safest cities in the world, so all those moments where you see people being mugged and assaulted on the street are just pure fantasy. They're as crazy as the passersby standing around and cheering during a knife or a gunfight. This is the first playthrough game that I can't say I'm happy to have played. Of course, I enjoyed reading all the comments on Discord, listening to the podcast. <laughs> I think everyone liked it but me. Uh, Mass and I were on the same wavelength, but it was a struggle for me to finish Yakuza Kiwami. I really had to push through it. Uh, I just didn't like it. では、これだけです。クリスさんもマズさんもアンディさんももちろんジムさんもお疲れ様でした。ありがとうございました。いつもお世話になりました。じゃあ、次ロボットの恐竜を借りましょう。Hey everybody, this is Reese aka King Kong Groover here today to talk to you about uh, my thoughts on Yakuza Kiwami. Uh, at the time of recording, uh, I I finished it. Um less than 12 hours ago and for those of you who may remember my brutal legend thoughts i said i'm not looking forward to this game because it doesn't seem like my sort of game uh i can confidently say that that reese is a absolute liar because this is one of the most fun games i've played in a while uh i genuinely didn't think i'd like it there's a lot of things that works against it for me um it's an open world game don't particularly like open world games it's dubbed i'm not good at dubbed um voice acting and uh it leans heavily on japanese culture and that's something i don't have that much familiarity with but um like games that I don't tend to like. It's a Sega game. Um, and like Bayonetta, like Vanquish, like games like that. Um, yeah, 
I really enjoyed it. I loved uh, the combat mechanics and the, the beat em ups. I am a fan of beat em ups, so yeah, that, that that played well into it. Um, the open world wasn't that big. Um, you know, it, it was quite easy just to walk around, not like something like Red Dead, which was a lot uh, smaller. But the main thing for me was definitely the uh, storyline. I loved the slightly over the top uh storyline where all the clans like the tojo clan and the omi alliance and all them just seem to hate each other and uh but like a good over-the-top storyline it seemed to um all tie up really really nicely um which was great uh the last scene the climax with yumi and nishiki and jingu and kuya and haruka I just loved, and I was just glued to the end of the game. Such a good game. Absolutely loved it. Um, and if the only bad thing that is that it introduced me to a franchise that I want to explore more of. Um, music was superb. Um, the, uh, you know, when you're having like rolling battles where you're, where you're battling through area, that tune is, is going to be lodged in my mind and you felt like an absolute badass. Um, yeah, didn't really explore many of the side missions. Uh, I got to a ranking dating with Rena, um, but on the whole, uh, Loved it. Absolutely great. Um, I'm taking the next game off because I haven't finished Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, but uh, looking forward to Hades. So take care and have a good... Uh, enjoy uh, Aloy and her adventures. Take care. Right. Cheers, cheers, guys. Thanks thanks for those clips. And thanks to everyone for, for the clips. And, and the, 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 the chat on Discord has just been immense. The whole playthrough is it's been great to see so yeah thanks for, for, for i also that. think aaron's clip may be my favorite that i've ever heard on this podcast as well yeah. it was amazing i did i did yeah i did I have no idea up. what he said about us but i'm assuming it was something nice but it was well, uh... it, yeah <laughs> i tried because I, yeah. I ran it through like the google translate and it, it oh, yeah. struggled with it yeah okay no it's so nice to hear a native speaker so thanks so much for that it was amazing yeah yeah i think it was um i think it was like all the best uh, and thank you a playthrough podcast i think if i remember right yeah but yeah the google translate struggled with it <laughs> okay <yeah. laughs> and, and my, my uh, japanese is non non-starting <laughs> so yeah <laughs> it's better than it was before we started the game that's true that's true yeah we've all learned something yeah there we go no chris hasn't uh-huh. no but you <laughs> haven't uh, but i think you said you've had them speaking english right Oh, yeah, no, I've not heard any Japanese now. Oh, no, we, we've no, been only, hearing only Japanese. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've learned between San Chan and Kun. True. That's what yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've learned lots of new swear words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we don't know if they've been swearing at all, so. No. no. Unless it was written down, yeah, yeah. Mm. Do you want to you take, who's, who's going to take us away there with a the final thoughts? Did you want to go first, Mads, or? Can do, can do. Um, so, final thoughts. I really enjoyed playing 
Grand Theft Japan, as John Wee calls it. Mm. It was uh, it was good fun. I I loved the open world. I I enjoyed many of the mini games. Not as much as some of the guys on Discord who spent a lot of time uh, playing all the mini games. But it was it was fun that you had this this open world to to explore. I I initially liked the fighting, but it became very samey, and and uh, very soon it wasn't funny to smash people's heads into walls anymore when when that uh, loses its luster then the, then then this game falls flat for me so i i don't think the combat mechanics for me was interesting enough to keep this going i definitely don't think the storytelling was interesting enough to keep this thing going so so i wouldn't have finished this and i'm i'm i i am 99% certain that actually i will never play another yakuza game but I'm really, really glad that I played it. So it was a, it was a great choice and we've had lots of great discussions on, on Discord about it. And, and now I know what the Yakuza games are about. And, and they're definitely, they're not boring. They aren't. They are a bit wacky. And, <laughs> and if you like your button mashing beat em ups, then it, they will be great fun. So I'll actually uh, recommend them if you like your beat em ups and if, if you like a good, funny, wacky story. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, I'll have to say it's not for me. I wouldn't have played through this if it wasn't for playthrough, which is what I love about this podcast, by the way. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Chris. Let's start. Yeah, so just, just for a kind of, of final thoughts, yeah, the end credits is Amazing Grace on the PS2 version. I don't know why I was remembering it as Frank Sinatra's My Way. Maybe it would be fun if yeah. it was My Way, but it was a <laughs> yeah. Bit, yeah, really nice rendition of Amazing Grace, which was... Also very cool. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it for, for all its faults. I think that I'm really glad I played the PS2 version in in hindsight. I think there have been times when I've been a little jealous of what you guys have been saying with Kiwami. I, I, I really look forward to seeing how the mechanics go from where they are in the PS2 version, which is very simplistic combat, you know, combo-based, but really just mashing two buttons most of the time to where you get to kind of multiple styles and in, in Kiwami. Mm. Uh, it was only 20 hours. I think my top play time was, you know, 21 hours of which, you know, at least three hours of that I'd spent swinging baseball bats. So as a 20 hour game, it doesn't outstay its welcome. And that's really important because the combat is limited. And I think my ending stats were something like, 800 and something goons killed or defeated, <laughs> which is a lot in, in you know, 18, 19 hours worth of, of gameplay. So yeah. there is only so much fun to be had there. And I think the game eats everything it can from what is a, a, a basic combat system. I really enjoyed the story. Uh, it's as cheesy as anything. It's got plot holes you can drive forklift trucks through. <laughs> uh, and and you, by, uh, by any objective standard, it is not a good story. But boy, did I enjoy it. And I was right into it in the end. Yeah. I enjoyed the characters. I really enjoyed the setting of Camarocho. For, for as one-dimensional Kazuma is by his terrible voice acting, apologies to the actor, but it's not great. Uh, I really like him, and I think seeing where he goes in future games is going to be interesting. I'm going to definitely play through this series. I've, there's more than enough here to keep me coming back. I want to play two on the PS2, and then I'll just go through. I'll probably just, like I'm doing with Assassin's Creed, just every now and again, pick one up, play through it, job done, move on to the next. 
Uh, I think it was an inspired pick for this podcast. I think any kind of game where we get back-to-back listener clips, one person loving it, one person hating it, is perfect. Yeah. And I'm glad that we've had different experiences here. Uh, great pick for the pod. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, looking forward to Yakuza too. Nice. Hmm. Nice. Good. Good. Andy. Yeah, well, I think you know my thoughts on this game, but just to summarise, I mean, this game's been an absolute revelation for me. I love it, and it's far from a perfect game, but it's got everything a game needs to have for me to enjoy it and to really enjoy it. This, for me, has almost been like... I don't know where this franchise has been my whole life. That's one of the things, I would (laughs) say, given that it almost felt like rediscovering something like Streets of Rage or Final Fight. I, I love side-scrolling beat-em-ups. They're my favourite type of arcade game. They're one of my favourite types of game, full stop. I love beat-em-ups, as you know, street, you know, all the Street Fighters, all the Mortal Kombat, etc. But I think at this stage and with some of the other games I've enjoyed, you're something, sometimes looking for something just a little bit beyond that. And I think this game offers that. I don't think it's got the balance quite right in the sense that if you could refine some of the combat elements i love the combat but if you could just refine it a little bit more and in terms of the storytelling if you could just maybe tell a slightly tighter story then i think you're well onto your way to to my eyes to pretty much a perfect game because i love all the 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 sort of the additional elements that are in this i will without a doubt play more games in the series if only to try and find if that balance or what are the balance issues for me do get addressed because I would love to, I would love to try and uh, if they do get it right, then it would be pretty much like I say, my, my ideal game. Um, I, I wish it had more time towards the end of it. I did have to rush it a wee bit towards the end. And I think I maybe lost out a little bit as a consequence. I'm just looking at my stats here. It was 25 and a half hours. I put into it. Um, yeah. It's a spelt playthrough for Kawami. Yeah, I, I, and it felt that way towards the end, definitely, because it probably the first kind of 20 hours of that was for the first two episodes, I suspect, and then it was kind of the, the third and fourth was a pretty quick mm. rattle through. Um, it doesn't give goons, it gives you in battle numbers, but apparently I had 196 battles, and I enjoyed the last, I enjoyed that 196th battle as much as I enjoyed the first one, to be honest, um, and I would happily do another 196. Um, I, I think it's been a perfect game for the podcast, as these guys have already said. And I think you just need to look at the number of even just if you go back into the Discord channel and you try to find previous messages, it's always a you know a good sign when you can just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And there have been the engagement on this one has been pretty exceptional, to be honest. It's been really good. Um, so yeah, I, I, it looks as though on the whole, you know, split opinions definitely. But I think somebody everybody's got something out of it. But I, I have got a huge amount out of this game. So thank you so much for picking. It. Thank you so much for helping me discover um, a game that, like I say, as far as I'm concerned, was pretty much custom-made for me. Um, and <laughs> here's to the next one, definitely. So cheers for that, Jim. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, I've not got a lot to add to that, really. I think, you, yeah, spot on, really. I loved it. Loved it the same, really. It's not like you said, it's not perfect, but it does Does it game, does it have to be? I loved, loved, the, loved the fighting mechanics. I never had that point, Mads, like you, where I got, board of the, of the of the fighting mechanics so yeah 
I think that definitely carried carried me through. I loved I, again, I, and I loved the plot as well. Despite you know, like you said, Chris, the plot holes. It was a series. I, I was always intimidated by this, like what six six games in the main in this mainline series. It's and it, and it's it's pretty intimidating to to think. Oh God, I've, that's a lot of games to go get through. But now I've been played Kiwami. I've I've got zero ready to go. I'll play that bit at some point this year. I've got Kiwami 2 as well, which I'll probably get to next year now. But yeah, it's a series I, I'm gonna, I'm probably going to end up playing them all and, and yeah, follow Kiryu's story. So yeah, loved it. Brilliant. Nice one. Yeah. But we uh, we move on. We move mm-hmm. on. We're going to have a little yes. catch up with Aloy. Chris, take it away yes. before we uh, before we sign off. I won't detain the listeners too long with this. I'll do a full introduction on the first episode. But, um, yeah, so next game we are going to be looking at is Horizon Forbidden West. Sequel to earlier playthrough game Horizon Zero Dawn. Check those episodes out if you haven't already. Um, 2022 massive Sony first-party blockbuster. um, Available on PS5 and PS4 if you have a legacy console. Um, there is a really interesting Digital Foundry video on the differences between the two versions. It is well worth checking out, and I'll be bringing some of this stuff up certainly in the in the first episode. It doesn't give any plot stuff away, or it's no, just literally no, no. just no. Oh, okay, it's, just a tech, it's a tech video, but it is fascinating how they managed to make this game a showcase for new gen hardware, as well as being able to run on a base PS4. It's really interesting if you're interested in like how the devs do that kind of thing. It's yeah, yeah I found it yeah. fascinating. Oh, nice one. Um, well, well worth checking out from from last year. Um, so yeah, so we are going to be splitting this into four episodes. So we're not going to be covering the DLC. I don't think. I don't think that really worked all that well with Horizon Zero Dawn. After spending sixty seventy hours with the main game, it, I, I didn't really feel like it was we got value out of it. So we'll talk between us how we deal with the DLC, but maybe we could come back to it at some point during next season or, or at a later date. So the plan is to go through the base game only. Um, what I plan to do is to just reveal the milestones for the next... So what I will do is tell you what the milestones are for all of the episodes now, because mm. I'm worried about spoilers. I have to give a huge thank you here for SL37 on Discord, Scott Lamond, um, who's played this game and has helped me with the milestones. So he obviously understands our format really well, uh, and he is, he's given me the milestones. So a huge thank you to him. First episode, we're going to be playing up to the end of the main quest, the Embassy. So that will cover the main quests, Reach for the Stars, the Point of the Lance, to the Brink, and the Embassy. Now, what I understand is that this essentially comprises the opening of the game. So it's that opening area, area before, remember in Zero Dawn, we had that section where you could only go through that first I forget what they called it now, that first section before the game really opened up. Yeah, um, yeah. So essentially it's that section, it's that equivalent in this game. I'm, I'm told that there is still frolicking to be done there, but really it is just that opening. It's going to be interesting to see how they handled the tutorial with it being a sequel. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, 
Yeah, so there'll be a lot to talk about there. There'll be a lot of plots, I imagine, to set up the rest of the game. But it is quite a contained area. Um, we'll see how long it takes us to get through. But that is going to be the first episode. So to the end of Mainline Mission, The Embassy. Nice one. Nice. I can't wait to get into something with the, that combat system again, that depth in the combat system. Yeah, That's going to be great. I can't yeah. wait to see how far it looks on the PS5. I think it's going to be... Oh, oh yeah, that as well. Yeah, yeah mm. I'm quite excited about this. Yeah, I mean, some, of the, some of the graphics look absolutely incredible. I mean, just from just looking at the Digital Foundry video, I mean, first time, just check out the water, the way they've mm. done the water. I believe they've got uh, quite well uh, usage out of the uh, PS5 controller as well, using the haptic feedback yeah, and, and nice. all that. So when you when you use your bow, it's as if you can feel yourself tightening the bowstring and, and so wow. on. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. To try oh, that. That's nice. Yeah, because yes. yeah, it feels really underutilized, doesn't it? The, the haptics. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, this, remember this is a first party studio, so they yeah. they will be all over the things that the. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation does. It's going to be great. Forward to try that. Yeah, mm. I can't wait to start. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, looking forward to that one. I'm expecting it to feel like a pulling on an old pair of like comfy slippers and yeah, <laughs> just a really nice looking pair of comfy slippers. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Right, so that's us for for Yakuza. Then I'll just say um, a few thank yous or arigato. Uh, before we before we head off, so thank Dean for for the covers as as always, fantastic covers for for the games. Uh, Steve for the for the intro music, you guys for for playing along. Obviously, it's we all love doing it, don't we? But it is it is a commitment. It was and, great uh, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. And again, like I said before, thank everyone in the, for 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 their comments in the discord for like sharing episodes on, on Twitter and, and liking and thanking. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's massively appre- appreciated. If, um, if anyone wants to say, um, a li- give us a little review on their podcast uh, client as well. That's, that's always appreciated. Um, you can find links to our discord, Twitter and everything else on the website at playthroughpod.com. Gents, any shout outs before we go? Nope. Not cool. for me, you've said it all. Oh, absolutely. All shouted yeah, out. Yeah, it's a massive cool. thanks, Jim. Good lad. Right. Yeah. yeah, Next time then, Chris is going to be in charge and we'll be catching up with uh, with Aloy. So, I'll, yeah, see you next time. Arigato. Ciao. Arigato. Arigato.